bit Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> It's the Ben's Punani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know let you find And she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind Many nights we prayed that your bland food would just disappear in our hearts a hopeful song you learn to season food now we are sure afraid to eat anything your hands go near pimento and times are words that we wish you understood oh yeah there can be miracles with seasoning your food tastes stale it's hard to eat who knows what miracles you can achieve with seasoning we hope you will one day by seasoning <laughs> oh wow <laughs> you put so much effort into these songs i love it so much i love it it's probably one of my favorites and you know I love Mariah Carey, so that's definitely... Mariah Carey with who? Uh, you know I can't get this one wrong. You must. No, there's no way I can get this one wrong, because you know that was my god- That was my second godmother when I moved over from uh, Tony. Okay. So this was Mariah Carey with Whitney Houston. <laughs> there's no way. There's no way. Because I wouldn't... If your godmom sings something, do you know what I mean? You would know it. So, yeah, I definitely knew that was Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston. And actually... I can tell you what they were both wearing. This is what you're gonna start this way. <laughs> <laughs> you never just you never just let it rest. You now have to go and complicate it for yourself. Go ahead, what were they wearing? They were both wearing like both in black. Yes, dresses, black dresses. And yeah. they were like on a theatrical stage. What was the song to? What was the soundtrack? What film was oh, it? Oh, Lion King. <laughs> I wanna say it was it was the first Lion King, no? When Simba <laughs> when Simo returns to the to the to the yeah, planet. you're just making up a storyline. <laughs> you're genuinely making up a storyline. It was Prince of Egypt. Oh, when you believe, yes. <laughs> and I remember that Whitney had her um her crackhead wig on. You know the one that was wearing. <laughs> the- <laughs> That was the wig wig that she was wearing at the, her peak crack time. Yeah, like yeah. She was wearing it. The, the, height of, the height the of the crack. The height of the crack. Talking about Whitney, I... R.I.P. my G. R.I.P. Whitney, I loved you so much. Still love you to this very day. Like, your death rocked me. It was, I was talking to someone about it the other day, and they were like, oh, what death, what celebrity death affected you? Yeah. Was, without a doubt, Whitney Houston. That That's, was, yeah. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was very sensitive for me. I think yours was um, Aaliyah. Me. <laughs> Sorry. You can't <laughs> just love like that. So. Me. Was, wasn't it not Aaliyah? No, definitely not. Um, 
Brian McKnight? Brian McKnight's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so if you leave him now, I want to talk about, I want to talk about why I remembered Whitney. <laughs> yes. I remembered Whitney because a video resurfaced. I don't know if you know, but Wendy Williams, uh, her biopic came out over the weekend. Wendy Williams is one. Wendy Williams is one. Oh, wow. I was very excited to watch it. I love Wendy Williams and her story is uh, really, really good. But um, yeah, everyone's ranting and raving about that. But anyways, I think they uh, they kind of uh, demonstrate the conversation. I don't know if you remember that infamous conversation with Whitney and... Where the receipts? Where the receipts at? Um, no, no. That was that... the second one. When, when, when Wendy's like, Whitney, Whitney, Whitney. <laughs> and, then, and then Whitney's like, Wendy, Wendy, Wendy. <laughs> Why? Why I love that interview is just because just you could just see both. Um, I don't know what do we call what's the op- what's the opposite of alpha male? Not the opposite. What's the but yeah yeah, yeah yeah both two two women with really big egos yes. like big you know and they're both just going at it and they're being really kind of like sophisticated but rude to each but other but dragging each other for film. dragging each other is so funny. So yeah, I remembered Whitney there and just I remembered her sass, how much life. Yeah. She had she was she always had something to say. That's it. She quick was quick. Nip, nippy. <laughs> she was you know, she was quick with it. You couldn't try her like that. No, you could not. She would and suck I, you in. And I think that with Wendy, I think if I remember correctly, she was saying something to her like I remember when you first started out like before your the, she she told her about herself. She told well, Wendy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Whitney's Whitney, Whitney will give it to you she, 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 and she was like, "Oh, well, since she likes to talk about me so much." Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, her and Robin was the last story I truly needed, but you know, Life. Oh yeah, and the fact that she and Janet Jackson was it her and Janet Jackson? She was fighting over man with somebody at one point. Um, I think I know who you're oh. talking about. It wasn't Janet though. But did it have, wasn't Janet? Not Janet. I don't think it was. They Janet. were alluding to somebody that couldn't sing. Not that Janet can't sing, but I remember just maybe yeah. Ooh, but it was just interesting. But anyway, that. like Whitney was the babe, and that that shook me because I think that if she was still here, you know, God willing, she would have um. She could have turned things around, but then we all say that because we we just never know. We just never you know. Put, I I think she would have turned things around. I think, you know, when you look at her life and you look at everything else, it it really is kind of it's sad. Tragic, I think yeah. at the time that she was, at the time that she died, I don't know if you remember. She this was she recently did the um the X Factor show and she did she performed Million Dollar Bill and the the, the performance was was really bad. Uh, her dress was coming her dress off, was coming everything. Off. Yeah, she was singing she was, herself out of her yeah, dress. Yeah, everything yeah. Was just and that's what I don't want, especially when it comes to black um, superstars and these icons. I never want them to go out sad. No. I you know, not, I did not want to witness your fall from Yeah, grace. yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just leave on a high. Leave you know, on and on that high. note, R.I.P. Cicely Tyson. Oh. Um, but we'll get into that. Let's introduce the show. Of course, we always talk forever before introducing the show. So welcome, oh. welcome, welcome Hello. to um, another episode of S. YM, officially known as Say Your Mind, <laughs> unofficially known as what, what, that's right, Suck Your Mum, and you can de- definitely see I'm doing lots of sir, 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 sir. and it is I, collect Chai, in a place to buy. With me, Sadiq. Yes, um, I've got my Invisalign, I've got my braces in, which yeah. is why this might sound really odd to listen to at you, first. You walked in today and I thought... Hold on, are you are you eating something? <laughs> and I was saying to you, I said, "Open, what's in your mouth?" He said, oh, "My braces." I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, you sound different. Yeah, <laughs> my patrons were the first to hear it, so because I did a, the pick up our reading for the patrons, and that was like literally a couple of hours or three hours after I'd had them put in, and that was a struggle. I sounded like a dickhead more so than I do right now, but I'm glad that I recorded the audiobook version of my story, The Watchers. That's mm. in Who's Loving You. That's coming out in March. Um, I recorded that the day before having my braces in, so that Thank sounds nice that. and smooth. Thank God for that, because you would have 
But he would have tagged, he would have tagged that whole project. <laughs> like, What's this girl saying? Did she not pronounce her S's? <laughs> I would have had to hire somebody else to read my story for nah, me. But I thought, no, as an actor, I have to read my own story myself. Thank you so much. So. But um, as someone who absolutely despises people eating on when they're recording podcasts or recording anything like that. People do that. Yes. That's horrible. It's disgusting. I cannot listen to I can't even listen to people <laughs> eat when they're next to me, let alone no. listening to a podcast and it's surround sound in my brain. You're, you're eating not, in my brain. It, it's very annoying. But you know what's weird? There's this, um, you know, in, in rise in popularity of ASMR. And all yeah, that. people love that. It pisses me the fuck off. It's disgusting. Like, they will sit down and they will listen to someone eating a carrot. Or eating a lobster, cracking the crab legs. And sucking out the juice. Like, people love that. That is odd. Or, like, me. listening to them, like, whisper or, like, scratch the microphone yes, and yes, things yes, like yes. that. Yes, Cardi B loves that as well. Cardi B is a big, big fan of ASMR. She even incorporated it into her Reebok campaign. That she oh. For her shoes. Yeah, but I just think it's just strange. I mean, you know, get your kinks wherever. They- is it, is kink? it kink? I don't, I don't know. even know what you want to call it. It's just, ugh, I don't know. I can't. I can't imagine needing something like that for me to be rested. Yeah, you know no, I, mean? I don't like Need people to have being... someone eat a carrot. Or you see this really famous black lady with a long nose yeah. and then she'll be she'll be eating crab legs. I think that's what yeah. you were talking about. And then like, or she'll be typing on the keyboard with yeah. her long nose and I'm just like, this... this do I use her gif a lot? Or you must do. That, that, that's the black woman yeah, and she's chewing gum and I love that one. Yeah, I love her. <laughs> the ASMR, so it's just like, oh gosh, I can't have people doing that. But no, yeah, you're right. People should not be eating on the podcast or even drinking like Jesus Christ. I remember one podcast I was listening to it and it happened to be that episode that I was listening to where they were eating. Like one of the um, hosts was eating. I locked it off straight away and I've never gone back since because I just think that what level of foolery? What yeah. What is that? It's almost like saying, it's, it's like it, what you're basically doing is then you're having dinner and you just put a mic on ah! the table and you're just like, oh guys, you just you just listen to this. Ah! <laughs> no. ah! Sorry. No, no, I can't, but I can't be dealing with that at all. I hate it. Much. Absolutely hate it. Anyway, let's get to the tarot. tarot. Um, just making sure, yeah, that we haven't missed anything. Yeah, let's get to the tarot. So what I'm going to do slightly different this week is I've picked a card for you. For me? Yeah. Oh, and gosh. so this is the world card. So I've, <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to prepare <laughs> you. you. <laughs> I don't want to prepare you. Because oh, this is how we train your intuition. And I'm always saying to you that you, you're you so spiritually gifted. You just have to tap into it. Like, tap, even tap, more so tap, than tap. I can. I think that if you kind of lent into this, like, you'd be a real don at this stuff. Yeah, let's give it a um, So I've prepared the general reading. But this is your card for us, for you to give us a reading from. By just telling us what you see. So the hints I'll give you that is that this is the... This card is a Major Arcana card. It's called The World. It's the final card in the Major Arcana deck. So these are the cards. The Major Arcana speak to life energies, like overall life energies that we're seeing right now. Um, And so when you think about the world, we see the circle. We're usually thinking about endings, right? So all you have to do is just remember that this came out and it's usually about endings, about graduations, about, you know, finishing or travel. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing it in reverse. Mm-hmm. All right. So just tell me what comes to your mind. You don't even have to. Don't just talk. Oh, I feel like um, I'm getting like a fall. OK. Like someone is falling from something mm-hmm. like. A, yeah, because it's yeah. Um, like an I don't know, like an expectation. OK. Um. Yeah, I'm not getting much. She's naked. Yeah. Um. So I think it's like a 
so what could the nakedness be saying about life at the moment as we're seeing it in society? Oh, like an exposure. Okay, nice. Mm. Go with it. Go with it. Like an exposure. Like all is out there. Good. Good. um... But then because we're seeing it in reverse, what what could be happening with that exposure? Is it willing? Is it voluntary? I don't think so. Mm. Um, I think we're all, it feels like we're all of just like in this, um, like in the carriage and we're all just kind of figuring out what's going on. I'm probably chatting shit. But You're not, no, no, I'm keep just, going. It's just, yeah, it's just, as it's coming to me, um, I don't know, what does it, what does it mean for it to be in reverse? Like what's the... You tell me, because if the upright meaning, like you say, it's like what you said that they're naked um, and this is a, they look like they're willing to be naked and to sh- and, and to go through this process of shedding and, and going and graduate into a new phase. Mm-hmm. But then if it's reversed. So maybe that's already happened. Yeah. For some people. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's already happened or maybe there's still some more lessons. Yeah. To learn there. Because for you to graduate, you have to... Pass. Right. Oh, oh, it's deep. <laughs> it's, so it's deep. deep. <laughs> so if this is reverse, what could, what's that saying then? That, well, you're, what, what are we saying? That if it was upright, it would have been, you need to pass to graduate. Yeah. So if it's in reverse, maybe you have graduated but you haven't learned the lesson oh that's an interesting one like you haven't yeah maybe you've graduated and you haven't used the skills that you have acquired oh oh that is the word I'm taking your job <laughs> <laughs> i'm literally um oh, i don't know i have to give it over to you you have to no just... but that was perfect and this is this is exactly why i'm going to give you one Every week, and and so and then and help. <laughs> so I'm you. no longer guessing the song now. <laughs> <laughs> Embarrass me so another many, way. So many jobs. <laughs> um, no, because this is a great way to train your intuition, and it's exactly what you say as well. When you go, well, I don't know, I don't know, because there are no wrong answers. Mm. You know, like people go, oh, there are no stupid questions. No, there are stupid questions. Yeah, but, <laughs> but when it comes to your intuition. You can't be wrong. So you're going with it. And, you know, I was like, okay, well, when we look at it and we look at it in reverse, you know, um, some people haven't graduated because they haven't passed the exam. But what I loved was that you were like, no, some people have actually graduated in the sense that their life has changed. Mm. And it looks like the outward life looks different. But the lessons that they were meant to have learned to have been put in this position, they haven't learnt it mm-hmm. and um this is that kind of call to them that you're gonna have to learn it otherwise you'll be stripped naked in front of everybody and you'll expose yourself as a fraud basically yeah, I like that. yeah and that was from you and that's and you've got to go with that because we can look at the same image and our intuition brings out slightly different messages but still pertains to this so once you know what each theme of the card is you start figuring it out. I mean, some readers don't read cards in reverse. They they always, they just read everything as upright because they think that all the other cards around it will still tell the story that needs to be told anyway. Mm-hmm. I like to read certain decks in reverse as well as upright. And this is one of them. There's a personal deck that I use for myself that I never read in reverse because there's no point. The message is what the message is. But you did really well there. So that was your first card, oh, the world card. You. I got a reverse card as well. Yeah, man. so you did well. Oh. Tim will keep training it. You get your own deck. I'll, I'll gift you a deck. Oh, I can't wait. Patreon, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are going to be signing up to hear about me. <laughs> I'll, but, I'm telling you, I will tell all of you guys to break up with your partners. Don't ask me for any advice. I'll say, break up. <laughs> the card like, is telling me. They'll be like, what does the 
card says, don't worry about what the card says. I'm telling you. Break up with him. <laughs> <laughs> Leave him. <laughs> but no, I, I'll get I'll, I'll get you a deck. Um, and so you can you. practice. But it's just about, you literally say what you see because that's how the messages come through. The more that you practice, the easier it becomes. Um, and on that note, thank you to um, all of you that booked out literally all of the slots that I had available for the one-to-one um, tarot readings. Um, I'll be adding more for, I'll be adding March ones. Somebody messaged me, so I added one for their birthday in March, but um, I'll be adding more as we, um, for, for March as we go along. But it's really lovely to be able to have these one-to-one Zoom chats with you and to read for you. It's a really humbling, beautiful experience. I, mean, I only do one every um, few days and like, I only do one that day um, because it's a lot of energy and I want to make sure that I channel the ting, you know, without depleting my own source. Um, but yeah, it's been sick. So if you want to book, you can go to kalechiokafor.com or if you just want to see the weekly um, pick a pile readings, you can go to uh, patreon.com forward slash kalechiokafor and um, sign up there. Uh, but yeah, let's get into the um, rest of the tarot reading then. So this week we've got the Ten of Wands, the King of Wands, the Ace of Wands. And um, I just use this message to ask God, like, what is just the general advice? Like, what is the general advice that spirit has for us? And the Ten of Wands comes out and it's just like some of you are doing too much. Like, you, you, you know, like some people during this time have just decided that they're not going to do anything. Right. And then other people, because you're so used to not having... Um, interaction in the way that you're used to you've gone the other way where you're just overburdening yourself with shit that does not concern you like for instance like how many hours are some of you spending on clubhouse like or just various things like you're doing more of a particular thing because you don't have your usual things to do anymore but those things are actually draining you arguably more than the things that you were doing pre-covid so you have to find a balance. You have to learn where where is this behavioural pattern coming from that anything that you do, you have to do it to excess. Like you have to do the most every time you do it. There has to be a balance that this is what, you know, like the card that Sadiq was reading earlier, we had the first lockdown, second lockdown, third lockdown, all of this stuff keeps happening. And yet some of you are not learning the lessons that you need to learn. Like this is literally your exam. This is literally your exam for you to graduate, for all of us to collectively graduate to a new way of being in society. So I was saying just before we started recording that I hate seeing all of these um, newspaper articles that are like, oh, you know, um, social distancing might be in place for the rest of the year. Of course the fuck social distancing is going to be in place for the rest of the year. Why do you not keep, like, have you not learnt by now what the fuck a pandemic means? Like, it's funny that even when we, we first all entered into this, so we're like, oh yeah, just a two week lockdown. The, the hilarity of it, the naivety of the, the fact that last year, March, people thought that they were going to go in lockdown for like two to four weeks and then done. Even me, I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 it'll be, no. No, this has happened because things have to change forever. And then something else will happen and things will change again. You know, it's literally a pandemic. It's literally a pandemic. Like no matter what, you know, these, um, your Facebook and your WhatsApp chains are telling you it's a pandemic, right? And you're going to have to get on board with that. So yeah, there will be social distancing. Like the fact that Boris had to come and tell you lot, that actually we might be, we're still going to be here around March. I already told you, if you, you, if you've been listening to the, po- to the podcast, I told you, don't hold out any hope for March or whatever. Like you lot are looking at June to even be able to see something that feels a bit okay. But really, 
in terms of being able to travel and to just do what you want to do on a whim and not have to think about it, honestly, between you and me, 2023, minimum. And that's not to say you're not going to travel before then, but I'm saying that the way that, you know, like before you could just look and you would say to your friend, oh, do you want to go rare, rare, rare? You, for you to be able to live with that level of freedom again, where you don't even have to think you're looking at around 2023 so before then yes you're going to be able to do things things will ease up then lock up then ease up then you're going to do lots of back and forth but you have the only way we're going to get through this if people stop pretending that we're not in a panoramic stop pretending you know and just face it head first so we can get through it um so yeah, so some of you are just burdening yourself with things that you don't need to burden yourself with because you're not thinking about this as a long-term thing. You you keep treating this as if it's some sort of um, short-term strategy. If you start thinking more long-term, you'll ease up on yourself. You know, things will feel a lot better. And then you've got the King of Wands energy. Then you'll be able to um, move with some authority and with some integrity. You're not acting from such a place, place of desperation you know, and then I look at the King of Wands as well here, and it also makes me think about, like, governments that can be in the way of all the work that we are doing, you know, you have to start thinking on a community level as well, because um, expecting Boris to come out every other day to give you an update when he doesn't know he's ahead from his arse is a waste of your time, and even those of you who now have new leadership in your countries, or whatever the hell, um, or some of you have leadership that refused to leave after 35 years, but um, whatever it is, you're seeing that the people who are put in positions of power actually sometimes stand in the way of you exerting your own power, and your own um, autonomy over your own life, you have to think about yourself, because a lot of the times they're not thinking about you, they're thinking about themselves and their brethren, right, and when you do that, ace of wands, we've got lots of fire energy, this is just fire, 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 which is interesting, because when we're in Aquarius, which is an air sign, but I know that other things are happening, and other transitions um, are happening at the moment, but even then, like, you've got ace of wands here, which says that you'll get the go-ahead, you'll get the green light once you are able to move past those who you are expecting to keep spoon feeding you information you have to start seeing things in a clearer way and um and stop expecting people to tell you how to move because they don't have a clue what they're talking about and it's causing you to um to just do the most that you don't really need to be doing and I know that for some of you you feel really lonely at the moment because we've got here even at your loneliest you are never alone you need to remember that that you're not alone in this process. Literally everybody is going through what you are going through right now. And that's what I had to get my head around at the beginning of the Panacotta. I was just like, oh, I've had to close my studio. I've had to do this and da, 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 da. I felt very hard done by until I just sat down and looked at it. And I was just like, I'm not the only one who's had to shut shit down. I'm not the only one who's going through this. Like so many people are having their lives change in ways that they hadn't imagined either. So it's just remembering that you're not alone. And even if we're not talking about the physical sense, you're not alone spiritually. You chose to be here at this time, at this moment in history, you chose to be here because there was a specific lesson that you wanted to learn in this lifetime. And so that's why it's interesting that Sadiq got the world card. And he said that about graduating and exams, that all came from him. You chose to be here in this specific lifetime to learn a specific lesson and to pass a specific test. Don't flunk it because you're busy looking at, oh, well, I don't understand why all of this is happening. At least, can you first write your name? Can you write your name down first? 
and act like you're actually part of this, act like you actually want to be a part of this and you actually want to make it past this. Um, and the card that you get from the Wisdom of the Oracle deck is number 22. 22, blessed. It says here, there are moments in life when out of the blue, it seems that everything has been orchestrated by divine intervention. You feel blessed in ways that are difficult to express. It's as if the Red Sea parts, there can be miracles, Prince of Egypt, because the Red Sea parted then, just wanted to let you all know, boom, um, in front of you and events come together to banish your troubles easily and naturally. You know deep down you did not deserve any of it and yet here you are. This is one of those times, let awe and gratitude for all of your blessings guide you now. Relationship message, you are moving towards a deepening of intimacy in a unique and sacred partnership. You know you are meant to make this connection. This union blessed by the divine will bring transformation and beauty to the world. But this is also a sign that even more important, you're being called to deeper intimacy with yourself and spirit. With this new development, you will see evidence of grace in your life. Prosperity message, it says here, unexpected windfalls and good fortune come your way now. You're in a phase where any difficulties or obstacles that have stimmied your, um, your success seem to disappear on your own. And that's what I was saying about that um, King of Wands energy. Anything that looks like it's standing in your way, you can get past it. Just have, you have to have faith. Um, be ready to receive. The windows of opportunity will open wide. Accept the blessings given to you now and don't forget to share them. Exactly. Think about a community level of existing. Um, a protection message for some, it says here, humility is called for now as grace is an unearned gift. You didn't gain this by your own desires or um, actions. To be who you need to be, you can no longer do what you did in a way you have to hit rock bottom and what is required now is nothing less than total surrender. Then you will be blessed. Exactly that world card that um, Sadiq was reading, right? Like, some of you have found yourself in, a sp in positions that you haven't actually done all of the learning that you needed to do to be in those positions, but yet here you are. So you better start doing that learning fast, 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 so you can truly gain all of the blessings that there are to gain from it. So that's that for the decks, the, the tarot reading for this week. Yeah. Ooh. I'll be joining you next week and I'll be... <laughs> I'll be <laughs> me too, I'll be shuffling cards. Okay. Yes. Like, what do you want to know, guys? <laughs> love it i love the responses from the tarot people always they're always getting excited they're like oh my god that tarot really really touched me but talking about the tarot yeah oh my god so there was one episode where you oh, i can't remember this name of this episode but it was it must have been like maybe within the last month and a half you mentioned that something was going to happen with the stocks oh yes you mentioned something was going to happen with the stock market and you were, I can't remember, you were just saying something like how things are going to change and all of this, all of that. GameStop. <laughs> no, it's no joke. It's no joke. Because someone, someone must have tweeted at the, I think they tweeted at the podcast. Yeah. I was thinking it and they tweeted at the podcast and I think I saw it the same day and I was like, yeah. fucking hell. Yeah. That is something. And you remember, you were right on the, um, on the lockdowns being extended to yeah. March last time. So when you were like, how things are going to go back to normal in 2023, I actually, I'm not going to lie to you, first time I've ever said this, I wanted to punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> I'll never ever do that in my life. But <laughs> I swear to you, I felt my face clench up because I was like, no, you are going to keep pissing me off. And from when you were right those two times, I was like, no, 2023 is fucked. <laughs> my, my, I don't think you understand my prime years. You've already had your 20. <laughs> my prime years have gone to coronavirus. This is fucked. Coronavirus. So, coronavirus. <laughs> this is fucked. 
<laughs> but this panoramic has as it's literally it's it's taken me out and it's one of those things where just like you said like when we first got into it we thought it was going to be a little two-week thing yes this has now become something that when i have children if i have children i'm telling them you're telling them i'm telling you about it well it's like the year was 2020 yes you need to know about this year because you're going to learn about it in school yeah let me tell you what daddy went through yes yes you're coughing in your sister's face (laughs) there was a time when we couldn't cough in public (laughs) you know when you can't do one simple thing without a parent going you know in my time yeah exactly but no seriously no more predictions <laughs> no, no, no 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 don't laugh no more predictions let's just let's, let's just see how things go no more predictions I don't want to hear any oh in 2024 this is going to happen because <laughs> I'm tired I'm actually tired but it. honestly it seems horrible right but I, I and don't get me wrong like at times it even gets me down because I'm just like I just want to do bits I just want to do bits and I look at the bits that I want to do and I'm like but why do I need to do those bits specifically? Like, mm. I want to travel, I want to travel to go and eat a young paella. You know, like, okay, I want to be in a beach or be in the sun. Okay, cool, you know. But the important thing about this is that those who use this time effectively, I promise you, you'll come out of the other side and the life that you'll have will be an absolute madness. Like, the way that your life will look will be so amazing. And I, you would not have been able to get to that life any other way than through this um, panna cotta. Oh, God. So you're going to, you know, <sighs> and you that loves money, well. like, you know, so, and you want a comfortable life, all of that stuff, you'll be surprised at how all of this kind of guides you towards the very things that you wanted. No, I feel it. I feel it. And I'm always going to pick financial reward over, over anything. Yeah. But, you know, oof, a year since I've been on a proper holiday. Oof. And I mind being longer because I didn't go away when Lev was pregnant, um, when Lev was pregnant, yeah, when I was pregnant with Lev. I didn't go away. So it's been for, I was like, literally the other day I was just like, you know what, I'm going to Nigeria and nobody's going to stop oh, me. Oh yeah, well you're looking to do that. My yeah. You're looking to do that. Quite yeah. Soon. So I want to, I want to go because obviously there's a children's home that we're building out there as well. So I was just like, you know what, I'll go there. But even then I'm just like, a plane? With people, no. Oh my god, the the kind of anxiety I'm gonna feel on the plane. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about that. And you've got to wear the mask the whole time. Yes, I didn't actually think about that because before when I was flying every other six weeks, like the plane journeys, I wasn't even feeling it. I was yeah. either sleep or I just I'm just not. When yeah. I hear people are scared of planes, I'm just like, really, planes yeah. are just nothing. But now I'm gonna be like, no, I'm gonna feel every minute of that plane journey. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I even wonder how they do food now that they're, they're now that you know But you know they always say, Oh, you could take your mask off to eat and I just like, yeah, what fucks guys? Like, yeah. If if we if we, if we have <laughs> rules like that, oh when you take your mask off, COVID's gonna be like, Oh no no, he's eating, don't worry. That's he's not, eating guys, not, wait, wait yeah. a minute, wait a minute, let him have his food. Oh, that oh. looks nice. Is that smoked salmon <laughs> t- salmon terrine? Oh, oh you're yeah. definitely not getting COVID. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> you go right ahead. Well, if, if it's a goosey soup that we want to eat <laughs> Give it to him. Give it to him. <laughs> Give him all of it. I just feel like COVID is racist. Give it to him. They're savage food. Give it to him. <laughs> it made me laugh actually talking about Egusi and African food because um, there's this, there's been this growing trend. I don't know yeah. why over the last few weeks where Americans think it's super funny to order from an African restaurant, yeah. Nigerian restaurant. So they'll get pounded jam. They'll get Egusi. They'll get a four. Um, I'm gonna say F four. F four. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Okay, F-O. 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 <laughs> and a goosey. A goosey. They get all of that, and then they will criticize it and make fun of it. So then this really popular YouTuber, a uh, makeup YouTuber, her name's Aaliyah J. Yeah. Does, she does makeup for Nicki Minaj. All of those people. Is that the one with the green eyes? Oh, no, no, she doesn't have green eyes. Or, she, or maybe she wears contact lenses. Is she a really twin? Like, no, she's not a twin. I'm thinking about another one. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But um, 
Yeah, so then her and her boyfriend uploaded a video where they were criticizing a gussie or whatever. Anyways, they were calling it dog food, ah? laughing, all of this. All of this, yeah, yeah, it went viral. Everyone was getting onto them saying, Are you actually. Are you mad? Are you being serious? But what, let me tell you what's pissing me off. What's pissing me off is that when Black Panther came out, guys. Oh, well, everyone was doing Wakandification. Yes, you guys were doing Wakandification. You lot went to the cinema in Ashura B. Yeah. You lot went in Ankara. You were going in Kentucky. And Dashiki. You were doing all of this. Let me tell you guys, guys, Americans specifically, I'm talking to you. In Wakanda, this is what we eat. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 don't laugh, don't laugh, because they'll think it's a joke. Guys, if you, when you're coming to Wakanda, we eat a goosey, yeah. we eat fufu, we eat panda jam. So you need to decide, do you want to stay in slavery America, or do you want to come over to Wakanda? Because you, you can't, you're you can't do both. Now. You, you can't, can't do, do both. both. And you have to, you, you are in Wakanda. Yes. You will eat that food. Yes. When you were in Wakanda, you will do as like the Wakandans do. As the Wakandans do. do. And, and the strength eat... of the Black Panther yes. comes from a goosey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we eat a goosey over there. So just, I'm just, just a PSA, just letting you guys know. So if you really want to do this Wakanda, Panda forever, you better you better start liking that food. Panda jam forever. <laughs> yes, I better start hearing all that fufu banging. <laughs> That's the name of this episode, then. That fufu banging. That fufu banging. <laughs> but yeah, I had to just let the Americans know because I know we have quite a few American listeners. Yeah, you guys know, get it together. Because I I only caught a little bit of that when it was happening, and I just it, there's no time to see xenophobia like when people are eating their food. Yeah, and that's why Sally and HR is always going in about um you know um Jollof rice. Smell. All that smell smell smells smell a bit spicy. spicy from across the room. Right, <laughs> God, it had me choking. I had to go A and E. So yeah, yeah. So no, I don't. I don't like them things there. No. And this is interesting, isn't it? Like you say, the way that people they like certain aspects of um the kind of um imaginations of Africa, but then when they when it comes to the realities, they're like, no, I don't want that part. Yes, and then yes. that's when that's when that um you know exceptionalist um you know um colonialist uh internalized part of you comes out and then yes, you start and showing and, yourself yeah, no sadly and sadly black americans have inherited that I yeah mean, they don't see it but that's how they treat the rest of the world they really pick and choose what part of parts of the culture they really want to enjoy yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, the parts that they don't particularly like they will slay yeah it's not like they will ignore it they will disrespect it but and then people we have to swallow this l because it's like oh well we're all black together but it's like no mm. let's let's all sit down and have a conversation but until we can have those conversations i don't know how we move forward because sometimes I hear them clubhouse rooms with them ADOS ones and I'm like, nah, mate, oh, no, and I'm not, I'm, me, I'm saying well me. away from you. I don't want that smoke. No, I do the not. emergence of ADOS has terrified me. Yeah, I don't, that kind me. of um, xenophobia, I don't like it. So no, I just leave And it terrified it. me even more when I walked into a room and they were saying, they were discussing reparations as the ADOS community. And then they said, oh, actually, but what happens if, you know, one of your parents is ADOS and one of your parents is white? What, 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 what reparations do you get then? They said, no, 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 it's cool. You just get half. I'm like, guys, <laughs> let's, 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 let's cut this conversation. You're telling me that the maths, whatever maths they're going to work out, they'll come to a number and they'll say, oh, actually. It's a percentage, though. You have to do your ancestry test and they'll look at the percentage of what you are and that's the percentage that you're going to get. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. So, yeah, let's leave that. On to the next. <laughs> but then, um, so going on to share your magnificence now. Oh, yeah. um, for those um, who need a trigger warning, trigger warning, um, as there is this discussion of um child loss right um but you know this message came in quite a while ago but i only got around to like really um taking my time with it the other day um so let's get into it um let me bring it up here here we go 
it says here um so yeah so you can stop listening for about like five minutes um or go forward five minutes Dear Kelechi, I hope this email finds you well. I know from a previous episode that we are nearing the anniversary of your dad's passing. So that was in December. I'm I'm sincerely sorry for your loss. If you've read this far, then I guess the subject header didn't scare you off. Where to start? I've been writing this letter in my head since around March during the first lockdown, but I've been fighting myself and not going ahead with it. Here goes. My seven-year-old son went to school on Friday the 24th of January 2020 and dropped dead. Literally. He was running and playing one second and he just fell to the floor. We think he had some sort of seizure and his heart just stopped. Resuscitation was started immediately and due to the heroic efforts of the school staff, London Ambulance and the HEM's helicopter response team, um, they were able to get his heart going again. The damage to his brain was too much though. He was transferred to the Royal London Hospital that Friday night for a second opinion as the scan performed on his brain at our local hospital showed irreparable damage. Brain death was confirmed and then the next step was what do we do now this is where I would like to make my first share your magnificence nomination the entire staff on the pediatric critical care unit at the Royal London for allowing my family and friends time and space to come see him and say their goodbyes I have family all over the UK and there were no restrictions placed on us we were there for the whole weekend and there must have been 50 or so people in and out Once it was confirmed that he wasn't coming back, thoughts then turned to how to give him the best death possible. I did not know a lot, but one thing I knew was that I was not leaving my child. My firstborn in the hospital mortuary. Here comes my second nomination. The Little Havens Hospice stepped in and made it possible to take him there on the Monday night, take him off the ventilator, and I was able to hold my child in my arms for the almost five minutes it took for my baby's heart to stop beating. That boy was something else five minutes. It was so peaceful and it gave me great comfort to hold him and be with him through that. We were able to wash him, dress him in his Spider-Man pajamas and most importantly they gave us accommodation and allowed us to stay with him until the Thursday whilst we hastily arranged for cremation. I write all of this like I was on my own. I wasn't. My husband, Niyi, was with me and by my side for every step of this. I would like to nominate him for a Share Your Magnificence as well. This man has been so strong and such a support for our little family of three now. We also have a five-year-old daughter. I know Yoruba men have a certain reputation, deserved most of the time, but this gentle giant has dealt with this almost unbearable loss while still keeping us going. This man has supported his wife and loved on his daughter in a way that I know has helped her to understand and process what happened. I would also like to big myself up for the days I've been able to get out of bed and face the world, as well as the days where I couldn't bring myself to do it. For carrying on with the important work I do that will help reduce maternal and neonatal mortality and morbidity. For finding the joy in the time I had with my baby and not letting bitterness or sadness overwhelm me. I share your mag- um, I share your magnificence for my siblings siblings, cousins and extended family that showed up for us, the friends that drove for hours only to come and sit in silence by my side when I couldn't speak. I saw you all and I appreciate you. I could go on and on but you have a podcast to continue with so I will conclude by nominating all the friends that disappeared for straws. The people I spent my 20s and 30s doing things with and for, the Ashoy B gang at each other's weddings, those ones. There's so much more I could go on about, but this letter is longer enough as it is. I would love to be able to have a one-to-one with you one day. Thanks for reading this as far as you've read it. Happy Christmas to you and yours. Kindest wishes, Wumi.
Wow. Oh, Wumi. God oh. bless you and your family. Ma'am. Wumi, um, I'm just sending you all the love. I, I, you know, I've already emailed you, but I can't imagine what that must feel like every time I've read your message before deciding when to read it out on the show like I get choked up like I I feel the heartbreak and it's not even I, I don't even think I'm think, feeling even one percent of the heartbreak that you um, must have felt and are feeling and I felt like it was important to share this magnificence and kind of do it a year after everything had happened because wow um it, as a parent, oh, I can't tell you what it feels like for me in every moment. Just like you, you literally do wear your heart on outside of yourself. Like this person, knowing that this person grew inside you, and and then they're in the world, and you just have to let them be in the world and control your own. That I feel like that's when you know an aspect of love. I'm not saying that that's the only way you can come to know this love, but that's when you know an as, um, aspect of love. As someone like me, who's always feared um, vulnerability and feared loving people for the fear that they will go away, you have a child, and that 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 reality is is forced upon you every single day, every single moment that you look at them and you feel all of that love. You then have to challenge yourself to not instantly then think about, oh, what will happen if? And you've experienced the what will happen if, and you're here and you're sharing this love and you're appreciating people around you. And um, I'm I'm thankful that God blessed you with Nii and your daughter to kind of um you know hold you th- during this time and be that light for you, um while all of this is happening happening and there the fact that you're bigging up yourself and you're being the light for yourself as well um I'm just sending you all all of the love you and the entire family and me two slaps on your chest big up yourself my g because it can't be easy to um experience that especially as a man and to not know how to go about conveying all of the multitude of emotions that you must be feeling so um big up yourself for still being there and um, for, for being there for your family and still being there as in present emotionally present for your family like you are an actual king a true king so uh, you know all my love to to you all that's 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 a big one yes um and then so then the next letter um i've got here is from let's see is it Bree? And also, um, actually, Wumi, um, yeah, d- definitely drop me an email about the one to one, and we'll s- and we'll sort something out. We sort it out. That would be like my gift to you. All right. So holler at man. Here we go. Let's see here. Next letter. Hi, Kalechi. I've been listening to your podcast for almost a year now. Being unemployed and housebound, it's pretty easy to feel lost in time. Your podcast keeps Mondays on my radar, which gives me a sense of schedule and helps me feel grounded. It also gives me something outside of myself to look forward to every week. By standing in your power and telling truths, you've helped me to learn to stand in my own power and tell my own truth, as well as the universal collective truth. Hi, Sadiq. As a fellow Pisces, I send my love. You deserve all the magnificence you could ever imagine. I love that you say, we'll have to agree to disagree on that one, even when you're wrong, because it feels like you're right. And that is very much my vibe. Also, also, I too have a lot of questions. So many, like all the time. Thank you for the laughs and may your gym reopen with the most haste. (laughs) Everyone knows what's important to me. It's that easy. (laughs) 
a while ago you talked about white people feeling uncomfortable when listening to your podcast and that got me thinking have I ever felt uncomfortable or offended at anything you said nope I think white people who are offended should check themselves and realize that they actually feel that they actually feel blessed because you've shown them where they can work on themselves honestly the way you drag white nonsense and call out white supremacy has taught me how to recognize it call it out and shut it down but if I'm honest, I did feel uncomfortable. I felt uncomfortable in a way I did not expect with my connection to spirituality. Like so many others, I came out of 2020 with one less living loved one. My mum died in April. With all of And with all this at-home time I've had, I've used it to deep dive, process my grief and figure out what the fuck actually matters in my life. Your podcast and Patreon have been a shining light throughout this time. I was an atheist when I was younger and in recent years I've wavered between agnostic and I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. I never felt a connection to God and felt uncomfortable when someone would drop God with the capital G. The way you talk about God is different. The way you interchange God and spirit and energy has helped me become comfortable with my connection to the to the divine. What is meant for you will find you. My God is a God of love and abundance and how you shrug off any haters by um, and how to shrug off any haters by focusing on myself and whether or not I'm moving mad. Ah, words are really failing to explain to you how profoundly this helped me heal and grow in my faith thank you. Okay, this is getting really long. The last thing I want to say is I was ecstatic to see that you're offering one-to-one tarot reading appointments. My birthday is March 9th, so I'm hoping to snag an appointment on that day when you release your March availability. I've been checking your site every other day because I know that it goes quick. Um, LOL. I'm running for select board in my tiny town and I would love your intuitive guidance about dismantling white supremacy. My town government is mostly made up of crusty old white men who don't even have the strength in their crumbly old lungs to suck their mother's pussies even if it's the last life-sustaining liquid they could ever access. (laughs) (laughs) You've definitely listened to the podcast for a year. They tried to keep me out once already by denying me a position on a committee, but now I'm coming back for one of their seats and now I know I've got spirit to back me up. So ha. What you said recently about they can't keep you out of the space because the space is not real was the divine synchronicity I needed to know that I'm on the right track. So once again, I'd like to share your own magnificence and the magnificence of the divine. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Kalechi. May you continually be blessed with abundance and strength and ample opportunities to rest. Thank you, Brie. Thank you. For a while, girl, there was some soul in that email. (laughs) Let me tell you, you put some soul in that email. (laughs) thank you so no, much thank you i really Bri. appreciate that i appreciate you that was so sweet yeah I've, I've i've you know i've already we've already been through this but you've already got your i put your booking on i put my availability on that day for you so you can book. yeah so i'm not doing that for all of you because of you, before all of you start messaging my birthdays yeah but you know if you <laughs> do the one to one of my birthday. <laughs> but yeah so that's you know nicely um booked in now sorted um so yeah, I think that that's pretty much it for Share Your Magnificence in that sense. And like we said, R.I.P. Cicely Tyson. Tyler Perry really worked you. Oh um, my God. Cicely, <laughs> no, Cicely Tyson. That, that, that was, it was a weird feeling though. Because yeah. you, you find out that she was 96 and it's like, oh, well, Jesus Christ. She actually lived a beautiful, long yeah. life. I think what gets me is though, is that, see, my image of, of death, especially at old age, is always I kind of feel like, you know, you become lifeless and then you die. Yeah, yeah. To think that she filmed an interview with Gail about a week before. Yes, yeah. Had Gail, a book coming out. Had a had book, book coming out. Yeah, yeah. She looked beautiful. Yes. There was so much life in her. Yeah. And that's what I kind of see for her. I feel like she had life right up until the very last minute. 
But then that's what I loved about the life that, um, you know, Cicely lived because it's almost like it just goes to show, like you say, that energy is always moving. Yeah. You know, the energy didn't just stop it. It wasn't like it kind of crumbled no. and descended. Uh, or it didn't dissipate. It literally just transferred. Her energy literally just transferred yeah. on. It was so vibrant up until the last moment and then just moved yes. on. She was coherent. Yes. She was... <laughs> Dressed to the nines, yes. like beautiful. Ah, yes. oh, And I'll never forget that that um, all the times that she's been in um, How to Get Away with murder Ooh, yes. seeing her with viola davis is just everything to me that was I remember, just perfect yes i remember the first scene that she did with viola davis obviously it's your it's your personal thing to talk about but i remember how much that really we spoke about yeah it. i remember how much that resonated with i don't know if it was actually the first scene or if it was the the scene where we explored that um you know um anime was uh molested yes yeah and then we actually find find out that her mom killed did she kill him or she burned that house down she burned it with him yeah, in it, yeah, yeah. she burned she burned the house down with him in it and yeah. she did it for her but yeah. it's like anime didn't really know that yeah that was Ooh. It was a lot. It was a lot. And that was reminiscent of Sula by Toni Morrison. Right. Because the Did same, they say that? They didn't. I don't know oh. if they um, said it, but maybe there's some think pieces that, about that, it. But that, it was that, very, very, that they pulled that yeah, from Yeah, that story Sula. had to be from a real... Because that was... Their dynamic was just... Yeah. And, and it's crazy to me that she what, filmed that only three, four years ago. Yeah, yeah. She was acting, acting, and remembering lines. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no. <laughs> Sorry. Some of you who are in the peak of your youth, you can't, rem- no, you can't remember. No, like- even me, you'll be talking. I'll be like, you'll be like, oh, my, I told you that. I told you that. I'll be like, when did you tell me? Yeah, yeah. Cecily was remembering lines, and she was delivering. She lines. was delivering with oomph, with yes. with conviction, with feeling. Yes. That guy from Bridgerton, Regé the guy that plays um, the uh, Duke, Duke. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. One of the things I was watching an interview with him, and he was just like, "I'm notorious for not knowing my lines." I said, "Yeah." Oh, I come and see privately. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that as well. That is like, my yeah, worst I'm nightmare. I'm so bad with lies. Yeah. I'm just like, I tell you, the, the acting is one thing, yeah, but I tell you, the production is another. Yeah. What those producers and everybody that, you know, post production, what they come together to do to, to make us forget how terrible some of these people might yeah, be yeah, in real yeah. life. Yeah. Because if he was forgetting the lines and he actually delivered a decent performance like that, yeah, we have to cut yeah. action, cut action. Do you know over how and over. that is? Oh, no, no, but no. But no, yeah, she she was remembering lines. She was giving us really solid performances. She was even moving up and down. She was dragging anime and yeah. doing her hair. Doing and, her hair, yeah. Oh, Cecily had a lot of... She had a lot in her. A that, lot, no, a lot that in was... Her. She just gave me some amazing... And she was beautiful from, yes. from early to till late. She was beautiful, like such a gorgeous woman. Um... And I, and I, yeah, I just, I, I felt that one, but I was so happy for her, you know, 96, 96. And to have touched that many people and for people to just have such wonderful things to say about you Honestly, and to, yeah. and to just go, that's it. I don't want no drama, you know, God willing, when I go, I just want to go, just you go, know, just, go go, yeah. And just be lovely. And, and I, I, I think to myself, like, you know, I look at people that kind of think, damn, 96, what are you, look at what you've witnessed. Yes. She has seen white people be racist, then the same white people turn around and say they weren't racist during and that time. And then post black squares. Uh, yeah, and then post black squares. And they say that they're listening and learning. Yes, listening and learning. Like, And, and then storm the Capitol building. <laughs> <laughs> she saw them do it. All of that. She saw them do all She of saw that. the Ku Klux when they were like clan. Yes. Like, I, I'm, I'm actually talking about it now. I'm very interested to, to know about those people's experiences because one minute, no, I won't say one minute and then the next minute, but like they, she experienced a time where racism was fucking terrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's just interesting now to see her, to, to, for her to see some of these people who are still alive that yeah. were racist and they're just not, they're just apparently not racist anymore. Yeah. 
just keeping it under wraps now. Keeping it under wraps. But then the fact that she saw all of that and she's still so joyful yes, and she's still and and, and so peaceful. Yeah. There, there, was, there was just a peace about her from yeah. what I saw in her interviews. And I love when Gail was interviewing her from the little snippets I saw when she was like, you know, so you know, what else is there to do? Or you know, you know, what else? And she was just like, well, there's clearly more for me to do. That's why I'm still here. You know, and I love that. Like while I'm still here, I still have purpose. And mm-hmm. then when it's time for me to go, then I'm gone. Yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, R.I.P. Cicely Tyson, man. Like you're beautiful. just you're just a babe, just a babe. And I know that you are, you know, with the ancestors, truly enjoying. Like, and I think that you would have achieved so many things that I, you know, you've graduated to another level of ancestor completely. So you know, be well, be fed. You know, on your next journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, now I guess we'll cut. Uh, well, before we cut to the interview with Doctor Shola Mos Shobamimu. Um, I love how it's it's English right up until her surname. Um, yeah, so, um, Dr. Shola has her book out called This Is Why I Resist. It's Mm -hmm. out now in all of the places that you'd like to get all your books. Um, so we, I spoke with her, had a chat with her about this book and about her generally. So you'll be hearing that shortly. But before we cut to that, I just wanted to say, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, I love you. What did he do now? Just he's in Watchmen. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, One Division. Have you started One Division? I know, I haven't started One Division. One Division's really good. Okay, I'm gonna check it out. One Division is really good. It, I, I'm not. I always say I'm not into that the whole Marvel yeah. universe thing. One Division is good. Okay, I'm gonna check it out. Disney, Disney, have, they're coming through. They are aggressively coming through for they're Netflix, deal, Amazon yeah. Prime. I don't know how I'm subscribed to everything right now, but yeah. We just have to, well, you, maybe you're the 10 of ones that they've been talking about. You subscribe to everything. <laughs> you watch everything. How many eyes do you have that you're going to watch everything? Oh, God. But no, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, um, you are my God. I already talked about how amazing Regina King is, right? But I had to literally go on Patreon and do, which I rarely ever do. I had to do just an appreciation post for Yaya because the whole time in Watchmen, I was just like, because obviously I don't keep up with the comic books and that. So I didn't know his purpose, but I knew that for them to cast him in the role, he obviously is going to be of significance as the series plays out. I just didn't know how, how significant he was going to be. But thank you for blessing us. With everything you blessed us with from episode six, my God, wow, wow! I, I just hope it's acting that you have because <laughs> no one can see you. You have your hand on your heart right now. You're you're blushing. I'm just hoping that it's just going to be really good acting skills because I don't know. We've always way. we've always known that, that he's a great actor, but stop the podcast again. Appreciation. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's see. Wow, wow. Just an amazing human. Thank you. Thank you to all the producers and everything. We love him. Um, But yeah, now that that's out of the way, and obviously big up yourself, Regina King, because you're just an incredible actress and just incredible in every way. And I and I stand. Um, or Not just acting, producing, directing, just great. Um, But yeah, like, let's now cut to the interview with Dr. Shola and uh, we'll be right back. Oh, finally. Finally. I feel like we talk so much online, but this is like the first time that we're properly, properly speaking. That is true. That is true. And sometimes when your posts pop up, I'm like, hey, so who has now, who who now has the audacity to go and offend Kelechi? Who is Kelechi sorting out now? What has happened? I'm like, I'm feeling sorry for whoever you are right now. Better go and pack yourself somewhere. 
No, no. I mean, look, you always launch such um, truth bombs, my sister. You know, you don't likewise. And it's so important. It's so, so, so important. I mean, and of course, there's so much for us to celebrate as well. But mm. uh, when people are trying our patience, sometimes, you know, <laughs> you have yeah, to be but this is what you do so well and you do it with such poise and, you know, such grace that I, I am in awe. I love it. And I just, I think that one of the reasons I was so excited about, you know, having you on the show is because you're just, you just demonstrate that one can be um, academic. They can excel in their career. They can, you know, be opinionated and share those opinions in a graceful and beautiful way and still just have this lightness to them. There is a joy that still, you know, that comes forward um, and it comes forward in your book as well. So, because obviously that's why we're here discussing, this is why I resist, don't define my black identity. And I think that that's important because part of not defining our blackness is allowing us to feel joy. Mm say it again absolutely <laughs> say it again and i think it's just this constant expectation that we should explain ourselves mm -hmm. we should um demonstrate ourselves in a way that is palatable to mm -hmm. what is eurocentric um i just, i don't know i sometimes i kind of feel i i, I don't know if you feel the same kelichi but I mean, I've only been on this earth just over 40 years, but sometimes mm -hmm. I feel centuries old. Yes. I feel centuries old because I'm like, we've seen this before. I mean, we've not only heard about this, we've studied about this, we've talked about this. Our, the previous generations have done the same. So I'm almost feeling the tiredness mm -hmm. of centuries old exhaustion even mm. though I've only been on this earth just over 40 years, right? Yeah. And I think that kind of triggers in me a certain level of I don't give a rat's ass I, yes. I'm just done I, I'm done and and I you know I try to explain to people but look black people are not one single monolith of thought or personality mm -hmm. of course we are not mm. we all come in different I know you know, thinking yeah yeah but I think the reality there is you know the way we all demonstrate talk about the different issues um, does not have to be the same. And mm. I shouldn't have to talk about experiences in a way that makes you feel comfortable. Mm. I'm saying, where did it become about you? Where did it become about you? Mm. How? And, you know, last year, I mean, look at 2020. What mm. a year. And um, you still had people, even though it was right there in, in their faces, this, you know, blatant, racism the blatant intersecting inequalities they're still mm. questioning what they see in a sense of i don't believe it and yes. my point of view is you know what that's okay but you see where you are i refuse to regress to where you are to make you understand what you ought to understand because i'm on the front line yes that, that's, yes. that's the way i see it the more of us that have to expend energy engaging with people who refuse to learn the mm -hmm. less we are at the front line where there's serious damage being done 
Yes, yes. And Toni Morrison said that to us. She said the very real function of racism is distraction. Every time I've got to come and explain to you that I'm not a monkey, that I'm not unintelligent, that I'm not this, that I'm not that, that's time being wasted. I could be doing something else that could be advancing in my personhood and in my, you know, inherent divinity. And, you know, this is why I think it's important for us to have a book such as This Is Why I Resist, um, from someone such as yourself, because, you know, you've been out here. When I was, you know, doing my research and preparing for our chat, I was just, obviously I'd, I'd known of, your, you know, your various accolades through the time that we've been following each other, but just to read the amount of education. Ah! <laughs> my our sister. sis, our sis, our sis, Dr. Shola, you have been learning and learning, wow. Wow. I, I like to say, look, I'm a sucker for punishment. I actually do <laughs> like learning. I, I do. I get excited on the first day of class that the smell of fresh pencils and pens and notepads, mm. it really, really gets me going. It, it's funny, you know, um, a couple of years ago when my two youngest kids, I've got three kids. And mm. um, so my two youngest, 11 and eight, I mean, they were younger then. When they mm. found that I have um, five degrees, the reaction was not what I was expecting. I mean, like my 11-year-old was like, what? How much more was that? And my 8-year-old, she pat me on the back like, oh, mommy, like she feels sorry for me. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not impressing this world at all. But like, you know, if, if I was to translate it into Nigerian speak, it would be like, who sent you? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of stuff ahead is that one? But I genuinely do 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 love studying. Um, but I also believe very strongly in um, in education that you learn informally, because mm-hmm. I think that is what truly shapes your your thinking, your um, you know your words, your your voice, um, and especially when we have to come across people with different views. You know, I don't think it's an accident that my profession is that of a lawyer. So mm-hmm. I am not necessarily afraid to get into that boxing ring. And of mm-hmm. course, my personality being very Nigerian centric means that we don't have time for rubbish. Okay. So Not at all. We can tear singlets I mean? at the drop of a hat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more like, eh, where's my gilly? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Bring it, bring it. What is the conversation? What's the issue? You know what I mean? <laughs> mm. But these are all, I, I really need us to understand that. Um, a lot of the, I suppose, this collision course, what I call the resistance, mm. a lot of it really depends on us. It depends on mm-hmm. our understanding of the issues. It depends on how much we recognize what these issues are. You know, in the book, I talk about examples of everyday white supremacy that we need to dismantle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I use contemporary examples. I draw from the mainstream headlines, the social media chatter, to really try to connect the dots. I need people to see when somebody says this, this is actually what they're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. This isn't theory. This book isn't academia. I mean, I wrote a book that I would like to read and (laughs) be fair Mm. enough. I want to read a book that makes sense to me. And the one of the things that I found in, in, in the, you know, in the conversations I have all the time is that the reason there is a battle and it is a battle, a verbal mm-hmm. battle in conversations is, is because the, the issue is no longer what racism is or how racism manifests 
in the understanding of people, particularly our white brothers and sisters, right? Yeah. Those white brothers and sisters who don't understand what racism is. Because, you know, we've got white allies. And we've mm -hmm. had white allies from time memorial, some of them who even um, lost their own life and liberty fighting for racial justice and racial equality. Mm -hmm. But systemic racism, the way it works is, I mean, I was, it's someone I was, we were just talking um, uh, earlier about how people still think it needs to be blatantly no blacks, no dogs. It needs mm -hmm, to be blatantly mm -hmm. the N-word. It needs to be blatantly, you know, um, holding the burning cross. But you and I know that's not true. You, exactly. and, I, you and I know how um, racism today has an aura of respectability. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. does. It has an aura of respectability in our schools, in our workplaces, in government. We see it all the time. And then people excuse the heck out of it. Not just, uh, I mean, not just racist, i.e. those white people who think everything is okay and want mm -hmm. to continue the status quo of um, white supremacy, but even our, our racial gatekeeping brothers and sisters Ooh. who legitimize this continued dehumanization of the black identity. As you know, in my book, I, I called them out on it. And yes, I, even which named, I, I, I love. I as far as naming a few names so that Good. by the example, you know not to be like them when you grow up. But this is why I said you were tearing singlets in the book. I opened the book. I said, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, but it's so, it's so beautifully, it's so um, artfully written. And I love that every time we read a chapter, we still come back to this is why I resist. It's the, it's the clarion cry. It's that constant reminder that every day we are reminding ourselves as to the reason we continue to do all of this. Why do I continue to breathe in and out? You know, why do why do we choose to have children? Why do we why do we yeah. persist in letting our heart beat? Because our existence is a form of resistance. And you know, we look at Audrey Lord's um, litany for survival, and where she says, you know, we were never meant to survive. So therefore, everything that we do from that point onwards yes. is it's audacious yes. you know yes absolutely no no honestly i could not agree more uh, and, and i think this is why such powerful words like hers and, mm. and those on, on whose shoulders we, we we stand on that's mm -hmm. why they still resonate today mm -hmm, and that is mm -hmm. what i mean i mean no offense to your audience that's what pisses me off oh they would be offended we swear all the time <laughs> say worse <laughs> <laughs> like, how can we still be having the same conversation Kenichi? come on mm -hmm, how? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how how can we for instance um we talk about the women's rights movement right we talk about how black women are marginalized within the women's rights movement mm -hmm. and there's still this this threat this 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 fear of the afro visible feminist Mm -hmm, How can we mm -hmm. still be having this conversation? And people go, well, actually, you shouldn't feel so bad. I think it's so much better now. We've got equality laws. I don't know what you're complaining about. I'm like, oh, hold up a second. Hold up a second. You do right. realize those equality laws were not put in place for you. They were put mm -hmm. in place for us to protect us from, from, from white folks who are racist, because we know not all white people are racist, mm -hmm. from, from the system that continues to deny black people and ethnic minorities an equal value of life and liberty but even with the presence of those laws tell me why it doesn't work why yeah. is it that we still have discrimination why because of the way it's interpreted and applied 
Yes, yeah. a power construct still lies in the hands of those who can get away with this continued discrimination. And we yeah. need to call it what it is. I mean, there's a chapter in my book where, where I, I talk about, can I be me? Oh, you what? Could you say that again, Dr. Shola? Can you say that again? Because that looks like it's one of my favorite chapters. I bet, I bet in the ear of the book, I wasn't playing with anybody. I was not playing, okay? I am glad you said that. Oh, talk, talk to us about my chapter. Can I be me? Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> oh, no, you see, when I wrote that chapter, I think um, just, just as I'm... I mean, just as you can sense from what I'm saying, this um, exhaustion of people trying to put you into a box. Mm -hmm. People saying, oh, but I thought you were this. I said, how can you possibly think of this when you don't even know me at all? Mm -hmm. When people <clears throat> try to think, for instance, well, you seem to be well-educated, um, but you can't really be talking like this and you can't have this sort of opinion. And if you, if you have all of this and these accomplishments, I'm like, oh, oh, hold mm -hmm. up, hold up a second. First of all, don't use my accomplishments to excuse racism. My, yes. my accomplishments are by the grace of the living God. Amen. The hard work of my parents and those who paved the way. It, 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 it does not deny racism exists. It is <laughs> by off the racism. And I'm not the only one. There are many mm -hmm. of us out there who have you know, worked hard, who are doing so much whether we are in the in the um or whatever the, the media light or not and mm -hmm. why is it that any time black people achieve something it's oh it's because of us you achieved it mm. and when we don't it's it's our fault because we're not pulling ourselves up by the bootstraps yeah the neurosis of whiteness exactly and what i try to do in that chapter is really tackle a lot of the stereotypes that are used to um to attack us whether mm -hmm. it's the you know, the strong black woman to the angry black woman. And, mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that really blows my mind, and I, and I address this in the book, I'm like, hold up a second. So we are meant to be a strong, I, so we are meant to be strong black women who can mm -hmm. withstand pain. And because you think we can withstand pain, you then pile on the pain. Mm -hmm. You pile on the suffering. You pile mm -hmm. on the oppression. Mm -hmm. And then when we have the temerity to push back, on the oppression, you then have the caucasity to call us angry black women. So let me understand, you want to silence our pain? You don't mm -hmm. want to stop. When we then talk, you then want to silence us by stigmatizing us as angry black women. I'm like, where's my gilly? Somebody please said we need to What? I mean, what do you want from us? Yeah, and I love that you quote here um, about bell hooks as well when you talk about the strong black woman and you say, when feminists acknowledge in one breath that black women are victimized and in the same breath emphasize their strength, they imply that though black women are oppressed, they manage to circumvent the damaging impact of oppression by being strong. And that is simply not the case. Usually when people talk about the strength of black women, they are referring to the way in which they perceive black women coping with oppression. They ignore the reality that to be strong in the face of oppression is not the same as overcoming oppression. That endurance is not to be confused with transformation. And I thought, you know that was such a great opening to it and you then you go forward like you say to break it down because everybody swears that racism doesn't exist until it's time for them to be treated like black women specifically treated like black women not just black people but yeah. treated like black women suddenly they understand them then they know exactly who they're being treated um you know like yeah i mean you um, tell me who does it benefit Kenichi, you mm. tell me who does this 
oh, strong woman um, stereotype, it doesn't benefit you and I. That, no, 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 no. It benefits white society. It does not benefit mm-hmm. us. And we know it's a direct legacy from, from slavery. Yes. Right? And, and you know what? If being a strong black woman was so good, why aren't all my white sisters trying to be strong, strong black women? Tell right. Me. Because of the benefits and the protection that they get from the myth of white feminine purity, you know, and, and this is what we, we see play out all the time without white feminine purity. And, you know, we've spoken about this on the podcast. There would be no reason, there would be no justification for the tyranny that's called by, uh, caused by white supremacist patriarchy. They had to have something to fight for. So they constructed white feminine purity to go and fight for because white women are entrapped in that as well. And they fucking hate it. And that's why they had to come forward and say, you know, we want feminine feminism but their feminism is still inherently linked to white supremacy which is why it there was no space for us so we had to have spaces open up like Kimberly Crenshaw says in terms of intersectional feminism because we had to look at the intersections as to how what you are going for as a movement leaves so many other marginalized voices out and you do that here you break down why that is the case and that is why I go on in chapter four to ask Mm. Does my Afro-visible feminism threaten you? Mm-hmm. Come on. Because mm-hmm. now we're talking about feminism. Feminism is meant to be embracing of all of us. It should mm. embrace me just as I am. Mm-hmm. Yes, with the loud mouth. Like when I came out of my mother, I was probably shouting about something. <laughs> with everything that each of us, everything we represent, I, I genuinely think that each one of us as a woman, we are, we are parts of one body, mm-hmm. one body, you know, the hand doesn't do what the feet does. It just mm-hmm. doesn't. We all play different roles. So how can we then bring prejudices? How can we then bring bias that we've said the patriarchy does into the very movement that is meant to protect and so, you know, solidify solidarity and sisterhood. I've had the, the great fortune of working with some incredible feministers, white, mm. black, and brown. Absolutely. But mm. I've also worked with some white siblings that absolutely manifest white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things they do is, well, you know, we're creating spaces for you. Huh? Uh, and we want to create spaces, you know, for, for black women and ethnic minorities. You didn't create huh? black old space for me. That space was always mine. Yes. Period. Yes. Space the was benevolence. Mine. Yeah. Yeah. The faux benevolence. And the beauty of your book also is that, you know, I love that you also include within it discussions about um, the way that uh, feminism or mainstream feminism as we know it, white feminism as we outright call it excludes trans women and you know that's something I'm very very big about on this show you know I talk about baby boys baby girls baby non-binaries like to me it's important that we do not miss out our trans sisters our trans siblings when we are having discussions about the very destructive nature of white supremacist patriarchy so it is a testament to you and again just as I said you know at the um, top of our conversation it's a testament to just your great heart and your mind that this is part of the conversation because so often people want to like you right in here um you know turfs they they just want to miss out trans people and i just don't get it and it's very painful i I, seriously you know i find it deeply upsetting and i do say in the book that i am not well versed in all of the nuances Mm -hmm. um you know the back and forth i'm not as well versed as i would like to be 
which is why you see that I have a conversation in the book there with my 14 year old daughter who mm-hmm. is actually even better versed than I am on yes. this issue and she she likes to educate me on them and mm. she's like when we cisgender means your gender matches your I'm like eh, okay um, <laughs> okay wow <laughs> and so turf stands for mommy turf stands for I said okay and I'm like okay but some of these questions are coming up about um restrooms mommy that's not an issue it should I listened to her. I said, do you mind if I put your words into the book? <laughs> I think that her passion really comes out. Because for me, again, how difficult is it? You tell me, Kelechi, how difficult is it to understand that the word woman is enough for all of us? I mean, I oh. just get it. I genuinely do not get it. I don't feel threatened. And I think mm-hmm. turfs, as they're referred to, feel threatened by trans women why I yeah mean, i'm just thinking about the fact that if i if i think about if we just talk about black women we are not all the same yes right yes. right and then if i let's extend that to women from different you know um, backgrounds blah blah we are not all the same yes yeah and if we want to define women as those who who give birth so mm. those who don't give birth, are you saying what are they? What are they? What are they then? Those, those that have to take out their uterus, what are they? Or those who choose to, or those who can't. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that they are not women? It makes no sense. Again, I put up my hands and I go, I'm not well versed in the nuances, but I don't think it needs to be more complicated. It doesn't need to be more complicated. It's really simple. She is a woman. As my Yoruba people say, Oto, that is it, complete. Oh, that's it, leave it, leave them. That's it, <laughs> done. And and you, I have to see the effect of food on your table or the clothes on your back. But I will say, I'll say this, that are there some conversations that need to be had? Maybe, right? Mm. What we hear from a lot are the extreme voices on the yeah. sides of, the, you know, of, of feminism. Who are pushing? Mm. I mean, there are those who are of moderate views in the middle, yeah. <clears throat> and if they're genuine concerns, what are the genuine co- concerns and why? Because right. if people don't take the time to understand their own their own bias, which is your job to do, which is my job to do. I don't think it is the job of my trans sisters to educate you on your on your own ignorance. This is it. This is it. Because when we talk about those questions, and we, you know, I look at the way that. Um, transphobia plays out within on social media and within society at large and I think to myself you know I feel so sorry and sad for black you know um trans people specifically black trans women who are killed at a disproportionate rate but because they're misgendered as well you know as we've you know I've talked about numerous cases on the show before you know that I've found in the newspapers and things like that they're misgendered so they we don't deal with it as a specific transphobic violence right they have been saying for ages this is these are the conversations that we need to have if you're concerned about oh when does um a young trans person decide that they want to do this and they want to do that they are telling you yeah you choose to not listen and you want to focus on the fact that well we don't have all the answers and you're having conversations amongst yourself that very much sounds like white people generally who are confused about racism and they don't quite know how to get their head around it meanwhile for centuries you've been told exactly the the questions the answers to the questions that you are asking so that just goes to show that the ways that violence is wielded 
in different sections of our communities and we don't even realize and ultimately for us to move forward as people which are which is what I think is so phenomenal about your book and the inclusion of conversations around um, our trans siblings is the fact that for us to move forward and to truly overthrow white supremacy and to divest from its oppressive systems we are going to have to come together as you know as a whole absolutely for me as a whole you know I I I try to stress the point. Okay, let me put it this way. You know, the way each chapter starts is with a question. Yes. The chapter is asking, answering, should I say, the question. And for me, an anti-racism doesn't have a color. Mm -hmm. It has all colors, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what I try to do in, in this collective fight that we must have is to, to try to, first of all, break down what racism is. And mm -hmm. then go into how it manifests, what it looks like, using all of these examples mm. that I've drawn on, and then using examples like what what happens when you when you attack a, a black man this way or a black woman this way, right? Things like that. Mm -hmm. And then I use things like identity politics, white identity politics, to draw out how systemic racism is fostered in politics, so that the, the very systems that should protect and provide for all of us are actually suffocating some of us, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason for all of that is that this collective fight to eradicate white supremacy needs to be, it just needs to be hit on the head. It needs to be, that nail needs to be hit on the head. People need to understand it is not just a collective power, but your individual power. People mm -hmm. are like, oh, well, you know, I'm not really an activist. Actually, you are. What triggers you into action? What mm -hmm. does? And you don't need LinkedIn to call you an influencer for you to know that you're an influencer for God's sake. Mm -hmm. So whether it's in school, you know, at your dinner table, at the boardroom, we all need to be doing something. What, what I'm trying to do with this book is that it speaks to everyone. Yes. It definitely speaks to those ignorant people who are saying that there's no racism. It speaks mm -hmm. to those who want to understand more and really have, you know, like real um, contemporary examples with historical facts and present day data. Mm -hmm. And it also speaks to like-minded people. I mean, think about the way that the last chapter talks about, for me, the only question we need to be asking in 2021. Hmm? Mm -hmm. And James Baldwin asked it first, when will white people progress? I mean, I mean, he was speaking to a white journey, he said, when will you progress? But I'm like, when will white yeah. people progress? When? When will you get away from this, white fatigue white ingratitude i mean i really go there white fragility white everything you're I, taking I, last I, everywhere you're carrying last come on come on and, come on and i do i do i mean i don't even try i know i go there i go there because it, it's it's necessary to go there i you know i call out this whole absolute nonsense people go well things are things are better now or there isn't any racism or it's not as bad as before. And I'm saying to, I'm saying to my white siblings, you have a case to answer. Mm -hmm. If you're not using everything that you are and you've got to fight white supremacy, you have a case to answer. If mm. you continually think that this status quo is sustainable, you have a case to answer. Don't expect me to mm. be the one to unpick your learning. Mm -hmm. I look like I have, I have nothing better to do with my, my with my time. Eh? <laughs> you know, they I need to let you be i think it is so important for each one of us to understand we have a responsibility to um to 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 do better 
we have a mm -hmm. responsibility to make this world better than we found it. That that for me is one of my driving forces. Father, Lord, help me make this Amen. world better than I than I found it. And that is on one. That's one side of the balance. The other side of the balance is having conversations. Mm -hmm. The only thing I would say, <laughs> the only thing I would say is this. I know when God was dishing out patience, I was not on that queue. <laughs> yes, I do have zero tolerance for utter ignorance. Yeah. I'm, I'm allergic to it. <laughs> Stupidity and I don't gel. We do not gel. Whatsoever. So even now that I'm talking about it, please, people don't think, oh, well, because she wants people to get to read the book, it means, you know, she needs to, um, you know, sugarcoat her words. People. No, no, let, no. Let Dr. Shola, Dr. Shola tears singlets. I've told you. She told she tells you that she goes to go and get tell someone to get her gillet. No, I've watched on Good Morning Britain. She was tearing singlets, uh, tearing left, right, and center. I said, yes, yes, my good sis, deal with them, uh, deal with them well. But you know, but we all come in different, in you know, different personalities. For me, that is just perfectly fine. Yes. But we need to do better. We need mm. to do better in how we communicate what's going on. We need to do better as, you know, the black community, Asian community, white communities. We need to do better. And, mm. and, and when I say that, I mean, whatever personal experience you have, be it the good, you know, the bad, I want you to take strength from it. Mm. Mm. And then I want you to go out there and break down some barriers. And everybody's time comes in its own in due course that you yes. know i would say that i i've not given voice to my voice in my 20s don't get me wrong i was vocal mm. but i hadn't given voice to my voice i don't think even in my early 30s until i can't i can't pinpoint a day or a time that my voice became a voice yes and that voice yeah. i could hear it outside my own ears right mm-hmm and that is, I think, where every one of us, many of us, I mean, some of us have gotten to. And I don't want, I don't want us to be afraid of our voices. And I don't want us to be afraid of what makes us us. What, this is why in the book, I, I, use, I talk about things like hair discrimination. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, people think, well, discrimination just means, you know, lack of promotion. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. If you have to worry about what your hairstyle should look like when you're going for a job interview, that is an issue. Yes. What's wrong with your brains? Yes. Why, why, you know, I remember speaking to a, um, to a young mentee and she's going into, she was going to law and she said, oh, that she has a job interview. Is it okay for her to wear braids? Do you know that broke my heart? Mm. I'm like, oh, can you imagine? You already have to think about how to prepare for the interview. Mm -hmm. How you present yourself at the interview. Do you now think that the, the style of my hair needs to be Eurocentric. I said to her, sweetie, they already like you on paper. Now go out there and show them why you stand out from the rest. You take mm. your, your, your braids there and look, <clears throat> look like the beautiful person the Lord created you to be. Don't worry about your hair. Your hair this makes is, you stand yeah. out. This is why we're great that we have the crown act, as you mentioned um, in the um, in the book. And also, you know, the halo code is something that I know that launched recently as well in the UK. But, you know, the fact that we have to have these 
um, stipulations and things in place and these movements in place in order to protect us so we can show up in the world as holy ourselves. This is not merely a case of us focusing on, you know, um, abstract concepts. This is yeah. literally black women just wanting to show up in the world as themselves. That's Thank it. You. That's that's, that's what we're it. asking for. And, and if black brothers want to wear an Afro, they should, they should be able to. I mean, yeah. what's that got to do with your skill set or your brain power? I mean, as long as something's looking nice. <laughs> <laughs> but it's always been a form of control because they don't really care. Yeah. When we look at the school children that they're excluding because of having locks, you know, it's never, the locks aren't stopping them from being able to hear the class or to, um, you know, absorb information. It's always been a form of control. A lot of this has been a form of control. Yet you go that, you go there on the news um, numerous times on your social media and through this book and you take that control back. So then there's all of that that you do and I mentioned joy at the beginning. So to round us off, these are the these are the reasons that you resist that you've given us in the book. But where do you derive your joy from that reignites you to continue resisting? My faith is number one. I mean, mm -hmm. who I am um, is very much centered on my relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And from a very young age, I've just I've just never, ever liked any form of inequality or injustice. It just does something to me. It really mm. gets, gets me riled up. And this isn't just about racism. It's about any expression of hate, whether yes. it's anti-Semitism, Islamophobia. Yeah. No, mm -hmm. absolutely. I will use the same energy to yes. fight it. Joy. You see, the, the wonderful thing about joy Joy is not like happiness, which happens on chance. Joy, when the Lord gives you joy, nobody and nothing can take it from you. Amen. Joy is you, excuse me, is you understanding where the source of your joy comes from. Hmm. I think that that is powerful. That is hmm. so important. And, um, you know, you see in the book, at the start of the book, I use a quote from um, Bishop T.D. Jakes. Yes. And um, if I if I recall it, I, I want to use the exact, yeah. And he said, if you know who you are, then you know who you're not. If you don't know who you are, somebody can ascribe any identity onto you and you will morph into whatever they want you to be. Mm -hmm. To which I said, well, I know who I am. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, believe, I know who I am. Do you know who you are, my people? Mm -hmm. Because... Sometimes when, um, in being able to talk about our joy and even experience our joy, sometimes I, I think we give the power of our joy away to other people. Oh, the, yeah, very often, very and often. We, we need to take that power back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you know, I get loads of trolls and naysayers yeah. and, you know, um, I have to laugh. I have to say most of the time I'm laughing my head off. I, yes. I remember reading one. This person must have been really trying to look for me because found me on my YouTube channel. Oh gosh. <laughs> to call me a monkey, to call me ugly. There were some other, other things. But I remember that as my brain was reading it, my faith was responding with, but you're wonderfully and fearfully made. Oh, amen. Talk it. Thank Talk you. it. Thank you. So you tell me how that's going to bother me when I know I can look at myself in the mirror and get, ah. 
Because you're a cutie, you're a fine babe. Ah, we know. Uh-uh. We don't do. Oh, wow. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> you know, and I think it's so important for us to always remember what that foundation is, whether you are yes. a leading person, whether it's your family or your friends, or most importantly, you always have to be, I think, um, that power source to remembering who you are. Because you see this fight. <laughs> this fight for equality is not a small joke Mm-mm. there are people who benefit from the status quo of inequality they mm-hmm. benefit from it and so any change to it is going to mess them up mm-hmm. so what do you think they're going to do to you and i'm mm. not talking i'm not just talking about the boris johnson's and the trumps of this world who of course they, i talk about them in the book i'm yes. talking about work colleagues i'm yes. talking about neighbors I'm talking mm. about friends whose mindsets using their own influence can actually discredit the anti-racist efforts. Mm-hmm. Which is why you have to use the mouth that the Lord gave you. Eh? Open it up and you speak out. Now, this yeah. doesn't mean you're going to be fighting with everybody because we, you know, this is all part of discourse. You should see mm. barbecues at home. I mean, after lockdown, of course, and before lockdown. <laughs> some, some nice grilled fish and spiced chicken and jollof rice. Yes. I mean, my friends and I, but we are making noise. Ah, how could you say that? That doesn't make any sense. Or shall I? No, 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 no. You, but you know what that's like. Yeah, yeah. How conversations happen, right? Mm. And sometimes, yes, we have, we do get on that public forum. And we, we, we no, 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 now, not all of us do that. Mm. Okay, that's okay. We all have our spaces where we thrive and mm-hmm. where we get the message out there. This is why I said we are all different parts of one body. And we're, yeah, yeah, we're all called to be in different spaces to deliver that truth. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. But please deliver the truth. Yeah. Deliver yeah. it. Don't even shy from it. Do it because it's necessary. It might just yeah. be that your perspective, your words, might bring about the change in one individual, which you know would now feed that over to 10 people and 10 people feed a thousand people. Yeah. So I would say, I would say this, you know, to kind of round off that. I mean, I, I'm fond of saying that writing this book was like giving birth to my fourth child without epidural. You don't even need to ask for my opinion. The moment I see that somebody's either expecting or they're thinking of having children, I say, come here, come here, come here, come here. Let me <laughs> You see when you get to that hospital, eh? When you get to that hospital, when they ask for your name, epidural, where do you live? <laughs> that is the only thing you should be reciting, like national anthem. <laughs> um, so I would just say, look, there's something powerful. I'm hoping that 2021 is a year of action. Yes. We, need to have to, we have a part to play on what that action looks like. Mm-hmm. And I don't want you to feel discouraged. Sometimes I know things happen or we read something, we hear something, we experience something and you go, after all the work we've done, take mm-hmm. a deep breath, mm-hmm. take a deep breath. If you need to go and eat, watch Netflix, breathe in, <clears throat> then exhale, then start again. Mm-hmm. Because those who came before us, they saw, they saw the same thing and some of them saw worse. Mm-hmm. But they could not have done what they did for us to be silent. They cannot have gone through all that they went through for us to be silent. And I'm not just talking about the big name, you know, civil rights icons that we know. I'm talking about those we've not even heard of. Yes. Who made it possible 
for, for you to do what you do. You made it possible for me to do what I do, right? Mm. All these people, they did something right. So please mm. let us use our power. And I believe mm. we each have power of, you know, of some kind. Mm. Maximize it to, 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 to this um, resistance course. Make it happen. Thank you. Wow. Woo! Dr. Shola Moss Shobamimu, thank you so, so much. You are a blessing and may God continue to replenish you in every which way as you continue on this journey. Thank you for writing such an incredible book and thank you for just being such an incredible, magnificent person. Thank you. Thank you. Can I just say quickly, you know, when you said yes. um, um, <clears throat> oh, that I deliver things with grace and, and you know, I then in my mind, I remembered what my oldest daughter did. Um, one of her teachers said, oh, I watched your mother in that debate. She was so cool, calm, and collected. You know what my 14-year-old said? She said, mm, thank you. But those are words I would never use to describe my mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? Like, have you met my mother? What is cool, calm, and collected about her? And there you have it. A wonderful, wonderful interview with Dr. Shola, just chatting, chatting about all the things. Yeah, talking like, with her and for like a Nigerian her. babe. I like her. She's all over the news. We always see her talking up the things. In terms of the book, I mean, I've started a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. um, I do think it's quite centred or kind of like the white people as like a target. Yeah, but I, um, think, I think that when... You, I, to be honest, it's it's like what I said when um working on the um you know proposal and bits and chapters for um my book about black women and anger. I think there 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 is that thing where publishers will try and say to you, oh, but we need to make this universal in other ways. How do we sell this to white people? And then when you're like, I don't want, I don't care to, then you don't get the... then you don't really get you know the, the the backing in the way that you would desire because they're scared that it's not going to sell. So I think that 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 is a kind of compromise you end up making when you want to write these things. You you have to kind of center it around yeah <laughs> sell your soul a bit center it around like explaining things to like white people and stuff but a lot of the books so at least this one there is some kind of you know there you can find balances there and there are things for black people to learn and there are some black people who didn't even know that this was happening around them or didn't even have um, titles for these things but there are other people out there who are publishing books and it's just blatantly like I'm talking to white people I'm not no, talking shoot, to you like... I think, I, think, I think that's probably where I'm coming from in the fact that we are seeing so many of those types yeah, of books yeah. and it's just that just just the first glance anyways it just seems that it seems like that type of book but doesn't doesn't make it any less of a book it's just <laughs> you know, in terms of that, that audience, I don't feel like I'm the right audience. audience yeah. yeah. But then but, the thing is, when will people start writing wholeheartedly just for us? And this is, I mean, I'm sure people are, but they just don't get the publicity um, the, and the push that they need. Yeah. yeah that yeah, they, yeah. that they need. Cause I'm sure, you know, I know that there are, I'm not even, it's not, I'm sure. No, I you're know right. I think we're, we're, as consumers, we're quite lazy in that sense where if, if something's for us, we want it to be smack right bang. In yeah. Our yeah. Face. Yeah. So I totally get that. I think that it's a, it's a good book. Very well written. Or so yeah. From what I know. Um, so I hope it does really, really well. And you know, yeah. So go, you know, support the team. This is why I resist by Dr. Shola Moss Shobamimu. You know, <laughs> Shobamimu. Yeah. <laughs> the Yoruba only comes out with the Shobamimu. Yeah. No, but it's true though. That's one of those very few names that you cannot say without the accent. You have to you put have it to in. Put, you have to give it your all. Shobamimu. I couldn't. No, I, I couldn't. No. I could it's not. almost like Lagwaja. Yeah. Labaja. 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 Certain things you see how your Yoruba is going to jump out. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. So this week on so you mad Ooh. GameStop 
<laughs> the whole world was mad about that. <laughs> Good girl. But like you said at the beginning, it's that thing of like when I was doing the tarot reading in and also astrologically, everything has been saying like, well, for me, you know, with my Aries rising and stuff, like you don't want to go and spend money unnecessarily. You don't want to go and invest at the moment because people are being shady as fuck. Like, so you just want to be aware. And now Mercury's retrograde as well, you know, from the other day. So we've got, you know, a a few weeks of this to deal with as well and I thought that, that was interesting because I was already feeling the pre um, retrograde shadow because I was having conversations with like friends and even mummy when I was speaking to her at some point and I was getting frustrated because I feel like I was saying things and they weren't hearing what I was saying like they were responding in a way like I was like are you hearing what I'm saying um you know like you'd be explaining something as to why that something annoys you and then they'll be answering in some left way and you're like did you not did listen? You just, yeah. so that's why i was like oh i think something's happening with communication so i'm just gonna leave it i'm actually just not i'm just gonna stop talking what did you call it the retrograde pre-shadow pre-shadow yeah pre-retrograde shadow yeah pre-retrograde shadow okay yeah yeah so you get the pre-retrograde shadow and the post-retrograde shadow sometimes it doesn't affect people and sometimes it does but um yeah but you know during the next few weeks especially when it comes to money or a couple of weeks you've only got left like really read the contract really check the data and that's what we're seeing with GameStop as well like more than ever that's what Aquarius is going to do Saturn and Jupiter being in Aquarius and more signs going to go and join them and the sun being in Aquarius as well now, you know, what we're seeing basically is that, um, yeah, all the things that people were hiding before that they were telling us, uh, you don't need to know that you're not intelligent enough to know all of these things. That's none of your business. You you know, in terms of the way that stocks works um, or stocks work, they told us it was none of our business until somebody was like, no, no, it very much is your business because you need to understand how this 1% keep having all of the wealth and why you don't have anything. But they keep um, convincing you that if you just work hard, you'll get to where we're going to, where we are. You're not going to get to where they are. You need to, you need to fuck some shit up. You need to disrupt the market. Yes. And that's exactly what these people did. I mean, we're both not very financial. No, no. I think we can both just admit that. Yeah. I mean, do you, would you, do you think you have a good understanding of what's going on? I don't, but you know, (laughs) do you, I, I, I got I got the gist of it because I got one person's tweet that I think that just explained it like perfectly. You see, even and, that tweet didn't help me. As yeah, well. so they were like, um, "What do they say?" They, it goes uh, to say, "I know at least one of my followers doesn't quite understand what is happening in the stock market right now, and that's enough to motivate me to explain because this is somewhat of a turning point in world history." Exactly what I told y'all. First, you need to understand what a short is in trading. A short is when you borrow a stock from a broker and sell it immediately at its current price. Then you hope the stock's price falls such that you can buy the stock back at a lower price and return the shares you borrowed from to your broker, but keeping the difference. Example, let's say I want to short XYZ, which is has a current price of $10. I borrow one share and sell it immediately at $10. I have $10 now, but I owe my broker the one share I borrowed. Then let's say the price of XYZ drops to $7. I now decide to cover that, like buy it back and buy, back, buy it back my short position and buy one share at $7 and return the one I borrowed and um, the one borrowed share to my broker. I made $10 when I sold and only had to pay $7 to buy it back. So my profit is $3 difference. 
But now let's just say that instead of the XYZ price dropping to $7, it goes up to $15. I still need to return the one borrowed share to my broker, except now it's going to cost me a lot more to buy it back. If I buy it back at $15 so I can return the borrowed shares, my losses will be the $5 difference between selling at $10 and rebuying at $15. Since the price can rise indefinitely, my potential losses as a short seller are unlimited. At some point, I have to buy it back to return the shares I borrowed. The more the price rises, the bigger my losses. So now for GameStop. A few weeks ago, a Redditor um, on our Wall Street bet noticed that a hedge fund had taken a massive amount of short trades against GameStop. They convinced everyone in the thread to join forces and buy as much GameStop um, stock as possible. This made the price rise and the hedge fund's short position started to lose billions. Their losses even surpassed the 13.1 billion that the hedge fund was worth. Eventually, the hedge fund had to close their short positions and buy all the GameStop stock back at much, much higher prices, sending the price even higher still. This is called a short squeeze. Now the hedge fund is declaring bankruptcy and the Reddit thread is combing through other hedge funds with massive short exposure so they can short squeeze them into bankruptcy as well all of the wall street all of wall street is saying that the public joining together in this fashion should be illegal but really they just lost their own game to the masses if jack has five (laughs) apples if jack has five apples are you done okay because that is all that it just took me back to that time (laughs) literally getting pushed on the head what are you not understanding? Mum, if I'm not understanding, can you break it down? They said here... If Jack has five <laughs> apples... And even... Oh, God. It, it just... I don't, I don't know about you. I just... I still don't understand. But let me tell you what I do understand. Yeah. There's an underdog. <laughs> yeah? You know, we all love an underdog story. Yes. There's an underdog. <laughs> the underdog came out on top. Yes. And that's and us. We are Yes. Underdog, and yes. that is what people don't like. Now, from what I've been reading... There is no reason, there is no law, there is no justification as to how they have stopped people, as to why, sorry, they have stopped people from doing the share stuff and doing all the stuff with GameStop. There is no, they've just just done it because they can. And that's also a very scary thing to think about as well, that these, a bunch of white, old, rich people can come together and be like, oh, I don't like how this is going, stop it. Stop it, yeah. But you said it was free and fair before. You said it's a free market, market. no? Yeah, then all of a sudden it's not free. No, right. This is what you see. And and this is exactly, we're going to see more of this stuff, um, more of this stuff going forward, where um, us as the everyday citizens the everyday people are going to get to look behind the curtain and see all the things that the Wizard of Oz has been doing all of this time to make Mm -hmm. us believe that, you know, they can give us a heart, they can give us a brain. They can't give us any fucking thing, right? Mm -hmm. And they've been lying this entire time. So we'll be able to look behind the curtain and not only look behind the curtain, but we'll pull the curtain back and say, hey guys, come and see, come and see. Look at what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you're saying that because I feel like that process has has started with like, you know, when I think of like the Black Lives Matter movement, when I think of, you know, women fighting for their rights and all the stuff yeah. so for me it's quite interesting to think that it's kind of spilled over into the financial side of things now where people are actually realizing that actually even white men are waking up like no 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 yeah you lot are you lot are playing fair you lot are stealing yeah you lot are realizing that not everything things that were designed to kind of work in their favor 
aren't actually working in the way they're expected to. Right, because it was only working for a certain higher percentage, you know, the highest 1% of people that it was working for. So the working class whites are now realising that, oh, we were duped too. So they everyone's kind of coming together and going, oh, so they tried to pit us against you lot so we could but, we could do the work and yeah, be the overseers. Just and, by coming together. Right. And of course it was going to spill into finance, um, finance because capitalism can only survive because of racism. There has to be somebody doing the work that of you course. are unwilling to do so you can keep the profit. And so, you know, when you, it's interesting that you mentioned Black Lives Matter movement and you mentioned women. These are the, the for, these are being these are the people that keep capitalism going. If women weren't out here giving you a reason for you to have wars, you know, like, oh, we need to go and fight for women, da, 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 or white women specifically, you would have no reason to be doing all of these things to go and get oil and to do this and to do that. Um, and in terms of Black Lives Matter movement, yeah, we know that um, historically black people's bodies, black people's countries have been the reason that you've been able to amass the wealth that you've amassed. So eventually there's going to come a point when all of these things are erupting in seemingly different places where it's going to now um, adversely affect finance because mm -hmm. it's going to have to shake capitalism, mm -hmm. shake it to its very core. Mm -hmm. And so I love it because the idea that, you know, I'm glad they clocked it now because this is not the first time that it's happened. Remember when um, the PPE stuff, just before people started doing PPE and all the Iggy Hagar, and then suddenly all of the politicians, I think, suddenly went to go and buy stocks. They even went to go and buy stocks in PPE um, companies or um, things like that or set up PPE companies mm -hmm. all of a sudden so they can start, you know... Receiving to, the benefits of yes. yeah. I, I and so that, that means, and so before they said that those kind of things, there's a name for it. That those kind of um, things, when you um, give people a heads up, insider trading, insider trading, they said that that's illegal. Yes, but you lot do it all the time. Very. You just don't want to get caught. Mm -hmm. And so now, if all of a sudden you went and bought stock in GameStop and this person clocked you knowing exactly what's about to happen, so that means that the stock, um, the share prices or whatever is about to fall for mm -hmm. GameStop. No, so they will, will, will ruin your money where it is. Yes. Let's go and ruin your money there. And that's what, the, what they said in the thread. Yeah. They just beat them at their own yeah. game. Yeah. The cloud came back to buy. Always, always. Always, so I love it. I love I like, that energy. I, like I love that people coming together in that way and overthrowing um, these stupid, crusty people who have been there for the longest time, thinking that they can get away with this stuff. No, now everyone's going to be a bit more scared yes. to take that risk with their money. Yes, and now they've got people like me who weren't even interested in stocks and trading and all of that. Now the eyes are on you. Yes, now. What are you yeah. going to do next? What laws are you now going to try and put in place? So to keep us out. Yeah, yeah, to keep everyone out. And it's this it, it, is very. It's a like. I feel like the whole story is good because yeah. it's a new precedent now. It's like, you guys can't take the piss yeah. the way you in the ways that you were taking the piss before. So we'll drop that 99%. We'll drop it down to about 78 soon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so this is the one I was talking about. It says here, remember when senators got coronavirus briefings before the public and sold off millions of dollars in stocks before the crash last year and faced no consequences and no regulations? Then Reddit made one stock into a meme and they're talking about restructuring the whole market. Exactly that. That was the tweet I was looking okay. for. Okay, when that happened but yeah yeah but that no, that, that happened in america sure. right before they, yeah. they uh, so they had their briefing and suddenly all of them started going to go and sell their stocks and no one was punished for that and no one was punished we've got boris all of these lot over here um g giving money millions millions of pounds to their friends shell companies that are meant to be providing ppe that are not providing a single thing and yet we are watching it happen and we're okay with <sighs> it 
So like corruption right there in, in, in front of your eyes. So I love the energy that they've kept for GameStop, that that Reddit user um, kept for GameStop. And I want to see more of that, but apply to the UK. Mm -hmm. I want you to flog them. I need Boris's singlet to be torn. But watch how they're going to start changing things up now. Oh, new legislation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah. to, you know, make sure things are fair. Yeah, you know? yeah. They didn't care about that fairness before, but no. all of a sudden, then it'll be a problem. Um, where's the, uh, the next So You Mad was about tuna. I <laughs> dropped the screw <laughs> in the tuna. If you don't get that reference, you're very, very young. Oh my God, no. I know the reference. I just don't know where it's from. Is it American Pie? What? Or is it a TV show? Yeah. Think of my name. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um... Think of my name. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. I really helped you. Keenan and Kel. What would your name have done? Kelechi. Kel. Oh, I don't call you Kel. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't call you Kel. I don't think of Kel when I think of Kelechi. <laughs> I literally, I would have even said um, Moesha. Moesha. Mo I just saw a black girl. Into that. Yeah. Oh, you're looking for the subway story. Yeah. I've got it. Now, okay. um, did it load for you? So, yeah. Oh, well, is it? did it take you to the Washington Post? Yeah. Yeah, because you know they like to charge people to read it. But anyways, don't worry, you ain't going to get my money. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to give you guys, give you a general vibe of it. So basically, Subway are under attack again, rightly yeah. so. Oh, they said that they've updated the story. Yeah, it oh, says they? Yeah. Okay, you take it away. Yeah, Subway describes its tuna sandwich as freshly baked bread, layered with flaked tuna, blended with creamy mayo, then topped with your choice of crisp fresh veggies it's a description designed to activate the saliva glands and separate you from your money it's also fiction at least partially according to a recent lawsuit filed in u.s district court for the northern district of california the complaint alleges the ingredient billed as tuna for the chain sandwiches and wraps contains absolutely no tuna a representative of Subway said the claims are without merit. The tuna sold at the chain is wild caught, the company says, which is how the vast majority of tuna is harvested. Only a tiny percentage of bluefin and yellowfin tuna is farmed. The star ingredient, according to the lawsuit, is made from anything but tuna. Based on independent lab tests of multiple samples taken from subway locations in, a, in locations in California, the tuna is a mixture of various concoctions that do not constitute tuna, oh. yet have been blended together by defendants to imitate the appearance of tuna. Oh my God. According to the complaint, um, Shalini Dogra, one of the attorneys for the plaintiffs, declined to say exactly what in ingredients the lab tests revealed. Oh. We found that the ingredients were not tuna and not fish. What? Oh. So it's one thing for it to not oh. be tuna, but now you're like, it's not what even... What the fuck was I eating? <laughs> it's not even fish. Um, it says here, the two plaintiffs are identified in the, uh, in the complaint as Karen Danova and Nilima Amin, both residents of Almeida County and Bay Area. But attorneys um, for them um, hope to get their claims certified as a class action, yes. which could open the case up to thousands of Subway customers in California who purchased tuna sandwiches and wraps after January 21st, 2017. <gasps> so for over that length of time, over four Subway, years. Subway, you, you guys will go bankrupt. <laughs> They're suing Subway for fraud, intentional misrepresentation, yes. unjust enrichment and other claims under federal and state laws. Yes. Among other accusations, the plaintiffs argue that they were tricked into buying food items that wholly lacked the ingredients they were reasonable, reasonably thought they were purchasing um, based on Subway's labelling, packaging and advertising. What's more, the plaintiffs argue, Subway is saving substantial sums of money in manufacturing 
the products because the fabricated ingredient they use in the place of tuna costs less money. Of course. They argue they pay premium prices for an ingredient that they prize for its health benefits, although the government suggests people, especially young children and pregnant women, limit their intake of tuna because of mercury and mercury contamination. In suburban Washington, for example, the price of a foot-long tuna sandwich at a Subway outlet costs $7.39. The same size cold-cut combo sandwich, by contrast, runs um, six at $6.19. Consumers are consistently misled into purchasing the products for the commonly known and or advertised benefits and characteristics of tuna, when in fact no such benefit could be had, given the products are in fact devoid of tuna, the lawsuit claims. Um... According to Subway's nutritional information page on its website, the tuna salad for its sandwiches contains flaked tuna in brine, mayonnaise and additive to protect flavour. A spokeswoman for Subway said the nutrition, um, nutritional information is up to date. Tuna is one of our, mo- our most popular sandwiches. Our restaurants receive pure tuna, mix it with mayonnaise and serve on a fre- freshly made sandwich to our guests. Um, then they go on to say... Um, these baseless accusations threaten to damage our franchises, small businesses, um, owners who work tirelessly to uphold the high standards that Subway sets for all of its products, including its tuna. Given the facts, the lawsuit constitutes a reckless and improper attack on Subway's brand and goodwill on the livelihood of its California franchises. Indeed, there is no basis in law um, or facts for the plaintiff's claims, which are frivolous and are being pursued without adequate investigation. Um they said that it's part of a um, lawsuit that's a part of a trend where um, plaintiffs uh, are just targeting food industry people and making them vigorously defend themselves on baseless accusations. Oh, no, 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 no. That's 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 a lazy... That's a damn lazy <laughs> excuse. No, no, no. And let me tell you, because I was waiting for you to finish, right? Now, how I know these claims are true, it's because a few months back, they exposed Subway. Their bread is not even bread. <laughs> It's not bread. So you... Okay, so tell me. So if I now order a tuna sandwich now, you're going to give me bread that's not bread. You're going to give me tuna that's not tuna. Cook will kill me right now. I don't think you understand. Like, that's... Do you know the amount of cancers that are just flying around? At that point, like, what are we even doing? What, what are we even doing? Why? Why? Just, just, you know what? Just give me air. At that point, just give me air. Just give me water. Oh, you know, deeper. they tested the bread. The bread was not bread. Wow. And I, I, I always thought bread was... Elegy. <laughs> bread is probably the only con- the only thing that hasn't like really kind of like skyrocketed in price. Yeah, it's been a pound for What's ages. What's that got to do with the price of bread? That's a thing. That's a saying that people say. Oh, like when, when, like why? Why would, they... why would that impact? Like why would that impact something like bread? Basically? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, 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 because exactly. bread never yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing, yes. So no, nah, that is I don't know. Subway, you guys, you guys, honestly. Go bust. Yeah, just go. Honestly, come up the high street. And plus, guys, Who's take advantage. Who's even still eating yeah, Subway? exactly. Take advantage of the pandemic. Guys, go bust. Rebrand. <laughs> do something like else. Like Topshop, you yeah, know. Do your own do thing. do something else because Subway is redundant. I don't know who's still eating there. Whenever I walk in there, it's got a specific kind of smell to it. Yeah, I know what you mean. That kind of like really burnt smell. Yeah. Or, I used to I used to go there for breakfast. When I worked at a call centre, which I think was one of the lowest points of my life, oh, I would babe. say that's when I ate Subway regularly. Oh, God. I, so I, whenever I, I think about Subway, hand. I just think yeah, of desperation. The of life, fair <laughs> I think about rock bottom. Oh, no. And that's what their bread is like sometimes, rock. <laughs> no, but their bread is really... Like, I had to tell mine when I was going there. I said, do you know what? Just before, maybe 30 seconds, 30 seconds before, it, it's it, the timer goes off. Take it out, please, because it's too. You're it's giving too, me. A, yeah, that's crunchy. it. That, yeah, but at the back of my throat. Crunchy, but <laughs> then the last, so you mad? The influencer in Dubai. Oh, 
I've heard this story. Let me go and get her name. Was Sheridan... Mordew. Sheridan Mordew. So Sheridan Mordew is a, what, fitness influencer, she calls herself. Um, And uh, so is she um, a fitness influencer and... um, uh, does she work out? I mean, I mean, does she, is she a personal trainer? Because sometimes they these influencers just turn into um, they turn into trainers overnight. And like, when did you? When did you but then to be trainer? saying that people can get qualifications anywhere. Yeah, yeah she calls herself yeah. a fitness trainer. Okay. To be fair to her, she's you know, I think they they were a bit. She was on what was it? it was it wasn't Good Morning? Was it this Good morning? morning? This morning she was on This Morning, and she was talking to Holly Willoughby. Okay. And and um Nick Schofield or whatever, uh-huh. and they would um, Philip. ask Philip. Sorry, Philip Schofield. What did I call him, Steve? <laughs> you call him Nick. So you just gave him a, a white man name. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Racialized renaming. <laughs> Pick up yourself, you one day. <laughs> I love you. But um, yeah. So yeah, Philip. Sorry, Philip Schofield. So that she was chatting with them via Zoom, I imagine, and she's in Dubai at mm-hmm. the moment, mm-hmm. and she was justifying being in Dubai during a panoramic mm-hmm. um, as she's been there for her job. She's, she's an essential worker. <laughs> oh, oh, I've been waiting to get into this one. Wow. But Holly dealt with her. I screamed. <laughs> Holly was pissed. No, nah, they did her dirty. Like, let's be honest. They did her dirty because when they were asking her cool questions, she was just like, no, I'm act- I'm actually out here. I'm motivating people. I'm motivating people. That's why I have to be out here in Dubai. And then they showed a picture of her riding a camel and they were like... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Your motivation. What kind of motivation are you motivating Motivation, Iranu. What imagine? kind of motivation? And they showed, and all Holly, Holly was like, "Well, I don't feel very motivated by seeing you on the camera. I feel rather jealous <laughs> that you are." <laughs> I just can't believe it. And do you know what? It's this thing where they're comparing themselves to essential workers. Like our mother is an essential worker. Yes. Right. People need her yes. to survive. Literally saving lives. Right. But you went on a camel in Dubai, and that, no, let me see if I can play it because it's actually a madness. Let me see. Of it is it when when at the moment in lockdown everybody is just wanting to you know we're in this together that's what it feels like however when we yeah, see yeah. someone like you out there beside a bull we're not in it together it's not in lockdown spirit yeah i think i think what you can understand is my job my job is to motivate people do you know what i mean if i was if i was going to be lazy if i was going to sit back if i didn't if i couldn't be bothered to provide a service sometimes it's a free service at the minute i'm they're showing her on the camera on the instagram um i could just sit back and just think do you know what i'll wait till the gym open Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily that I'm trying to influence, sorry, influence anybody to come out. It's just the fact that I'm doing 
my kind of thing. I mean, if anything, I'm getting people motivated in the house. I'm not saying, come on, let's get out I could do classes outside. I could do... I'm, the, the purpose of what I'm doing is to motivate people. She she lost it. She didn't even know what she, she was trying did to say. It, she, she did was it. She did it. And, and Holly Holly dealt with her on there because even when she tried to say, "Oh, you know, it's easy. It's easy to be anything in this world." What did she? What was that line? I could be lazy. I, I could I could stay at home. I could. Let's like, be, be kind. Yeah, be, be kind. I don't know what it's like. She read that off some some Tumblr post. Yeah, bitch. Sorry, I don't know <laughs> Tumblr, but you know, you get what I'm saying. Shut up. <laughs> like, you did not know what you are saying. At all. At Literally at all. You you haven't got a clue what you're on about. I'd like, what? What? And this is, like, if you're going to go Dubai, go Dubai. But don't now come and try and justify it to me as essential work because it's really not essential work. You could have been, like Holly said, you could have been training people in your living room Calmly. via Zoom. But you were out there. And not only are you not training people, you're showing them and pictures of yourself eating this massive um, breakfast platter at the poolside. Like, or no, wh- while you're in the pool, you know, them trays that float. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where you're eating it. So how is that motivating anyone to work what out? What kind of motivation is that? I'm there to motivate people. And then she's saying, and she's saying, I could just, I could just be lazy at home and and just wait for the gyms to open. So, so a, what you a, you're in a pandemic. <laughs> you are not. You cannot be just lazy, right? You are in the. You're not able to do things that, that you would be able to do usually. Okay. But it just shows so that you're make, not a very motivational person. No. Because it's almost like you're saying the people who have listened to the um to the guidance and have stayed at home because the gyms are closed. Are they're lazy. La- are they lazy? All right. And they're stupid because they didn't do what you did and fly out to Dubai instantly. Let me tell you, I, I I told you already how I felt about, you know, people go to Dubai in the middle of a pandemic and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I can appreciate that people are going to do what they want to do. But let me tell you, if you are going to do that and you are going to continue to post, you're asking for it. You're asking for a dragon. Let me tell you, if I've gone to Dubai... You guys wouldn't see it. I remember if I come on the podcast, she'd be like, oh my God, Sadiq, so we, and we know you went on the last episode. Where were you? I'll tell you guys I was at home, chilling. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to tell you guys that oh, I'm at Dubai so you guys can come and drag me. <laughs> tell her that. Keep that under wraps. And then you keep the pictures to yourself. When outside opens, you post the pictures. No one will know when it happened. Yeah, and when it but you there. know people, you, the investigators, no, they'll investigator, look at a reflection in the hotel window <laughs> and they'll be like, for the sun to be shining at that degree, you must have gone during this the pandemic, or, you, or they'll see someone in the reflection wearing a mask and be like, oh, that was during sure the panoramic but, no. but either way like you say yeah you, there, you could just read the fucking room right. you could read the fucking room and the fact is she couldn't justify it at the end of the day when they started tearing her singlet yeah, she was she was whiffy yeah it was like, <laughs> um, well, no 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 what what what, what, what yeah. I was trying to explain is that I'm here to motivate people <laughs> you know space girls no. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way I know how to do accent space girls <laughs> that's Scottish isn't she space girls no she's Geordie Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that for so you mad anyway. So should we jump straight to straw of the week? Straw of the week. Who's getting straw of the week? Well, this is the thing because there are quite a few um letters. Um, even before you get into the letters, because I feel like our listeners might be wondering why we haven't gotten into the ti and tiny t. But oh I yeah. Think we're gonna save that for another time. Yeah. I just give this another week, or maybe give it a little bit more time. But the Ti and Tiny story, we are on. We've seen it. We are still on it. Some, sometimes say. you have to let stories simmer. Like if you know how to cook yeah. well, you understand that some things just need a little bit more time before yeah, you go out just, and yeah. serve. Especially if it's a, <laughs> a big story. Yeah. 
But um, people were like, Phaedra is owed an apology. Because <laughs> when she was talking about dungeons. Yeah, that was... Sort of, but to be fair, just really quickly on that, Phaedra was actually specific. She was talking she was, about candy. Yeah. And was, which yeah. is what was wild. Yeah. But, but I think they were just being facetious, yeah, you know. Yeah, they were just like, yeah. But because... And also for Portia to carry the story. Oh, I'm sure she regrets that till this day. Oh, horrible. Um, Here we go. First letter says here, Dear Kelechi and Sadiq, I would like to sub- submit this delicious YouTube comments exchange for Suck Your Mum this week. I have attached a screenshot to the email. Before we proceed, I must check my privilege, as I am, as I have many. I am white. I have a male presenting body. I am tall, lean, and good looking. Come through. And I, <laughs> and I come from a middle class family. I have never known an ounce of oppression in my life. I love it. I, I love, love it. I love that. I love that. I love that he called himself good looking. I love that. When, um, I love that. So you put male presenting, so non-binary I take here mm-hmm. or, um, um, you know, um, so I love that, that people can just be straight because some of you love to lie and be like, oh no, I know. No, I love that you didn't do that. As such, this string of comments has been wonderful teacher for me. My simple request, worded as plainly and politely as possible, was enough to call forth a complete stranger to spew their choicest bile. Though I was surprised, it was the second reply which was more instructive and which got under my skin. I agree this feels a bit unnecessary, but I feel like inclusion is important for the cause. That's very nice, but I must ask what feels unnecessary. What non-binary people that non-binary people be acknowledged to exist, that we be included in discussions that concern us, that we be, that we ask to be included. I ask that his or her be changed to there in the future. So simple. I hope the authors of these replies take time to consider the power of words while they slurp from red spiraled straws. On the plus side, the YouTuber himself was a baby boy. Thank you for your time, your energy and your grace. Your baby non-binary forever. Uh-huh. Thank you, thank you, thank you, baby non-binary. Thank you so much. Oh, um, a PS about the ice cream. I'm two days sober and I have no regrets. Oi, 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 oi. Well done. Okay. Yes. So this says here. Um. So you wrote when saying his or her. Is it possible to say there from now on? It helps us non-binary folk feel included. Um. Somebody else commented, are you fucking kidding me? It's just a pronoun, bruh. Don't get bent out of shape. But I just got to pause there because it, this is why you need to suck your mum as the commenter, right? Because it saves you more time. Literally, his or her takes up more time than simply writing there. And that is also a pronoun. And that's what they were asking you to use. Like, what is your problem? They just wanted you to use they, them instead. Like, just be more inclusive. What is that going to take from your life? And actually, it saves you more time. Yeah, it's that violence that it poses. Like, my thing is, is that I I totally understand people getting it wrong first time. Yes, yeah. It's just going to happen. Even even, um, non-binary people understand it as well. It's when they have stated what they want to be called and you go against that, or you even push back. Why are you even pushing back? What? And then that's when they love grammar police. Oh, but no, I don't see why I would be using a plural for this and I'll be using... No one asked you. No one asked you. Because you, you That's <laughs> the only grammar that you know, because when it's time to say specific, you'll be saying Pacific. Right, and when it's time um, to spell definitely, they spell defiantly. <laughs> so let's, let everybody get it right, please. It's not that hard. I mean, I, I'll even put my hands up. I slip up sometimes. And I, I think it, it, it varies with different people. I talk 
very fast. Yeah. So I was like, that, that's the way my brain is processing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking very fast and I'm talking very fast. So sometimes that can happen. But if someone says to you, this is what I want to be called, respect them. Literally, it takes nothing from you to respect the divinity and um, the, the humanity of other people. You tell me, this is how I want to be addressed. I will address you as such. Simple. It's that simple to me. It doesn't matter what I could feel about it or any... like. It's not my business. I'm addressing you as you want to be addressed because that is how you want me to show respect to you. And this is all these interactions are. Us showing respect to each other. And it didn't, like, wasn't a big deal to me to say baby boys, baby girls and baby non-binaries because it was just what flowed with this podcast because I understand that gender is is binary in and of itself and people don't want to be caught up in that. They just want to exist. Some of you who have been brought up or some of us, a lot of us, who have been brought up to just wholly, um, wholeheartedly, diligently ascribe to these binaries. It's only yourself that you're doing because there are other people who are like, I don't see that for myself. I just want to live my life. Yeah. So, right. and so I, I just love that. Um, and so then somebody else comments on the fall and they say, um, wow, you didn't need to be rude to them. I agree this feels a bit unnecessary, but I feel like inclusion is important for the cause. So you that thinks that you're helping, <laughs> you've also said that you feel like it's, it's unnecessary. unnecessary. <laughs> I don't understand. People, it is easier to shut up. It is actually easier to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> How are you helping me by saying that my comment is unnecessary? But you you think that you're doing bits because you're like, don't no need to be rude. You two, you're being rude. Yes, very rude. <laughs> and if it wasn't pointed out, the YouTuber would not know to do that in the future. So one of the things that I'll say about that, when we talk about accessibility and making sure that um, as many people can engage with our content um, as um, comfortably as possible, is captions, right? Mm. When when people, dry pussy idiots, want to sit down about, oh, well, Kalechi has a Patreon, but isn't she like this? And isn't she an activist? Isn't she an influencer? Isn't she... First of all, mind your mother's pussy, not my pocket, one. Two, the reason that it's good for me to have things like Patreon is because do you motherfuckers realise that I've got to pay for captions every time? Like, every time I do a video, before I load the video, I've got to go and send it through rev.com have it then run and somebody type out the captions and then I load the and um, merge the caption with the video on another app and then I load it up. That's work that it's I do process, to right. Yeah. It's a real process that I go through to make sure that my videos can be accessible to the most people. Yes, and the sort of videos that you're talking about that you would caption these are videos that are just off the top of your yes, head. You're not right. planning anything. Right. You know what I mean? These are videos that you just, normal people would just record and just post straight away, but you're right. having to go through. So yeah. Because I want to make sure that it's out there. So Right. And people. so if I've got to pay for that and people can support me in little things, there are so many things that I do that you would, you probably don't even realise that costs money, but people will sit there and not consider these things. But why did I start doing that? Because followers of mine would be like, oh, Fletchy, um, I can sort of lip read, so I get what you're saying, but it would be really helpful if you could have captioned these videos. And initially, it was annoying me because I was just like, why are you... Go and ask everybody else. You don't have to watch the video. Go elsewhere. But then I thought about it and I was like, are you mad? Are you mad? People want to engage with you. People enjoy you, but they just want it to be easier for them to enjoy you. Just do it. So even before setting up Patreon, even before that, I'd already started paying for it. Like Sometimes they're long videos and and I want to rush the order because I want it to come out as soon as possible. 
So sometimes I'm paying like, I don't know, $22, $30. Sometimes it's a short video. So I pay like $10 or, you know, $7. But the thing is, I'm paying every single time yes. to put these things out. But for me, it matters that as many of us are included in the conversations as possible. So then when I think about more ways that I can make my videos accessible, I'll be doing those things as well. So someone just telling you something as simple as, instead of saying his or hers, can you just say theirs? Saves you time, yes. one, and also means that you include more people. Duh. Respect it, please. But I love that. The actual YouTuber just wrote, my bad. I'll try to remember to do that in the future. Simple. Good. Let's, let's hope so you, so you lot decided to be fools in the comments, but the actual you person that agrees. was being addressed just right. agreed and kept it moving. That's somebody with a, a responsible person with a platform. Oh, so you can just go suck your mothers. All of you that have a problem, just such a big problem with just acknowledging that other people have different experiences to what you have. Please stop, mm -hmm. stop. So that was like um, the main um, straw of the week. Um, there's so many emails that I've got to go through. Okay. And I haven't worked my way through all of them. Like there are some from like I think November, but I'm working through things slowly. Um, so then there's some that just have a title that catches my eye. I'm like, you, I'll read this one this week. But um, then the random thing that I wanted to say is, um, those of you who listen to this podcast know that I fucking hate unsolicited advice. I can't stress it enough. I hate it so much but there are some people who are hell-bent on wanting to give advice even when you've made it clear that actually I don't need advice so for this week that extra straw goes to you lot if somebody hasn't said how do I when do I could you please help me if they haven't said anything to indicate that they are requiring some kind of advice from you shut the fuck up because I had a, a couple of interactions this week that kind of stuck in my mind where people just had so much advice that they wanted to give me especially what I hate is when the advice is harmful as well mm. when it's like I say something like you know what I don't want to do this stuff anymore and they go no no you have to continue doing it because the you people need you yeah you have to, the people need you you must continue no I don't have to continue to do mm. anything people don't need anything no please. you're not going to grind me to the ground but just note that you know sometimes I even see it happen a few times on Patreon where I'll post something and people are like oh what you need to do is I don't need to do any motherfucking thing mm. You know, you're here. You wanted extra content. This is your content. Don't be, don't advise me on anything because that's not why I ask you. But and if I habit. ask you a question, definitely, yeah. yes. No, yeah, I'm with you on that. And I think it's a habit that some people have where they have a fave and they feel like they can, they can make suggestions. Yes. I think it's, it's just a lesson for everyone. I'll probably even put my hand up to it and be like, yeah, maybe it's a lesson I need to learn as well because it's a thing where, like you need to remove things like that from your vocabulary. Yeah. You know, you can say things like, oh, I would appreciate if this happened. Yeah. But you're saying, oh, I think you should do this. Oh, you need to do this. Oh, yeah. this will be better for you if you need yeah. to do that. Chill. I don't even think I'm that bad. But yeah, even just like, even just language like, I, you should do this. Yeah. Or just making those suggestions. Just like, no, if they didn't ask, keep it to yourself. And I'm big on that. You'll notice that if you see me interacting with anybody, I don't suggest anything. I never, I, I, you will you'll, you'll be hard pressed to find me suggesting things to people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't even suggest shows. Like someone could be tweeting about a show, and then someone will jump in the comments and be like, "Oh, since you like this one, you should watch this one." I didn't tell you that I wanted to watch anything else. Mm. Don't suggest music to me. Don't suggest films to me. Don't suggest anything to me because most things I come by when I'm reading how other people are interacting with that thing. So if you're already tweeting or posting about it, if I feel like it's of interest to me, I will check it out. But otherwise, don't. I mean, and that's not to... I know that some of you have sent me emails about things, podcasts and things that you want me to listen to and that that this is nothing to do with you. I'm not talking about that. Mm -hmm. 
That's, that's fine. That's fine. But I'm just talking about generally, like people just throw their throwaway advice. And especially if you push back and you're like, actually, I'm good. And I've decided that this is what I want to do. And especially when more time, a lot of you don't have the full story. So when I now start telling you, you're like, oh, I didn't even realize that happened. Yes. Yeah, so you didn't know the full story, but so you, you were, uh, you never were... had the rage for the conversation anyway. Right. Right. So just right. keep quiet. Just like what you're saying. Leave it alone. Oh. And just be like me. Just don't, I will not give anybody advice. Like I literally, people can be talking about something and I'll sit there. I think the only people I'd uh, even venture to give any sort of advice to would be like literally my siblings literally my siblings or my mum or my my son or my partner but other than that I, I just watch people I don't say a word until unless they go oh so what do you think about this then I'll be like then, oh then this, yeah, yeah then otherwise the I'll just stay there or I'll say oh um I'm really sorry that you're going through that you well, know, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. No, but these are really good ways to 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 demonstrate that you're listening to someone. Stop taking the piss. Yeah. No. And or I'll tell you what I think that you said. So you'll be like, oh, this happened and then they did this and then they did that. So wow. So they did this and then they did that. And then I'll literally repeat what you have said yeah. so you can hear it back and then you can process what you're processing. But um you know, yeah, I just don't like... Because m- most times when you're trying to give advice, you don't listen to hear what the person is saying. You're just listening to respond. Um, and I've had even therapists like that in the past where you'll be talking to them and before you've even finished telling the story, they'll be like, oh, well, why didn't you do this? And why didn't you do that? And you're like, well, if you let me finish, you'd know that I did that. Right. You know, so yeah, just be aware of it. Just just allow it. I really hate it. I really, really hate unsolicited advice. I absolutely despise it. So especially even when you see that people are pregnant, that was the time it was the worst. You're you're pregnant and people are coming with, oh, and then you're going to need to do this or you'll never sleep again. And then da 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 Why are you doing so much? Shut up. That was your experience also, not the experience that everybody else is going to have. And even if I'm going to have that experience, I didn't ask you for advice. So shut up. But yeah, that's that. So if you're the kind of person that just loves running around giving people unsolicited advice, this is an advice for you. Go suck your mother. Okay. Sucker. <laughs> but that's that for this week. We are done. Ooh, that is it. it. Yeah. Any closing words? Love you guys. Um, let's stay in touch. <laughs> <laughs> let's circle back. Let's circle back. Would you mind if I piggyback off that? <laughs> the normalization, the fetishization. Two things can be true. Two things can be true at once. <laughs> I'm just going to pick you back off with the point that you just made. Thank you for opening this room. I really love the conversation. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Dropping gems. <laughs> we are so silly. Anyway, that's that for this week. I've been Kalechi and this has been um, wonderful. You can find me on Kalechi Nakoff, um, at Kalechi Nakoff or at Say Your Mind Pod. You can find me uh, at Sadiko JN on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, and this has been SYM. Haha. <laughs> Funny saying that with this in. <laughs> this means SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. That's right, suck That's your mum. Okay, see you later. Bye. Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman is baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Help you sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gossiping yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind.